Episode 131 is special of Mitch Unfiltered because he's returned. Now, you just think when you go to Arizona or when you're at home and we're wondering whether you've got COVID, whether the Soden family's got COVID, we can just do the show online. We've got great equipment, great sound Uh quality, and it's just as simple as anything. I talk into the mic and say, see you, Charlie. (laughs) And then I go play basketball with Piper. Yep, that's it. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) If you only knew... Just everything is a little bit different when you're not here. Yeah. And the editing process is different. We gotta tighten things yeah. and then we gotta check levels. And before you know it, Steve is pissed at me because I <laughs> I keep it for three hours until I send it to him. <laughs> and then he's gotta get you know, that that could lead to an eight o'clock. Uh, he might have to go to bed at eight o'clock because he's got to run a marathon the next morning. That's right, yeah. You have to put the fake it's laughter in. It's a whole in. mess yeah, a whole when thing. you're not here. Yeah. So. I understand. Plus, you're a little more nitpicky, I think, than most. You're taking out every little space and this and levels and, you know. No, I wouldn't say I'm taking out I every would. little. I would. I think you're more nitpicky than How me. do you I, know? I can see you obsessing over it because I know you. I'm trying to put out the best possible product. <laughs> yeah. And when you're not here, what I try to do is I me- I try to make the show from an editing perspective sound the same way as our mediocre shows sound when you're here. <laughs> it's a hell of a bar, okay? isn't it? That's it. <laughs> well, you'll and, be- and, and it takes a lot of editing to make sure this, the show has that same feel mm-hmm. as when you're across the table. Now, you've come back from, you've come back from Arizona. Yep. Where Team Levine did okay. It wasn't the greatest showing, but it did okay. The three of you have gone and gotten tested. Correct. From what you know, you were refreshing a little bit on the online. A little bit, like a psycho. (laughs) I was playing track and field. Remember we talked about on the mouse? Just kept refreshing it. (laughs) Yeah, it took a little longer this time, so I was nervous. It's taking three negatives. Three negatives, yes. We all pass with flying colors. And I think this is the best I've done on tests my entire life. I mean, three <laughs> tests I passed in a row. It's been great. Well, I hate to be that guy, but from what I understand about the, the virus, oh boy, you came home and you quickly took a test like two days. You came home on a Wednesday. You took the test on a Friday. You don't have to look up in the air. We keep track here in the Levy family oh, of exactly Excel what the show. Okay, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You guys came back on a Wednesday. Wednesday yeah. You took it on Friday. You came back from the state, by the way, that I think is number one. The num- They're the Alabama of COVID right now. <laughs> They're number one ranked. That's good, that's good you came back from the number one ranked COVID place, Arizona. It's possible from what I understand that it takes like a week or so after you've been exposed to the virus for it to shed. Okay. They call it shedding, I think. Oh boy. Some people call Someone's it Someone's reading too much about this, but go ahead. Me. Yes. Me. It's possible that you guys tested, what, negative two days after you return but might be positive from your Arizona trip five days or seven days mm. or eight days after you return. So you could be sitting there across from me. That's yeah. why I've got this big – you think i got the big monitor because I need a lot of space. i got the monitor to separate you and me. Oh, it's just a shield is it's really what COVID it is. It's a COVID shield. It's not even plugged monitor. in <laughs> as I look down. Well, you'll be happy to know that in yeah. a couple of weeks there's a tournament in Rath Drum, Idaho that we're going oh. to. No. <laughs> Another one. I know. And Idaho is probably number two on that list of, you know – being a little more open uh, but I, I will say though i mean we were i was can't making- just can't she go can't mom and daughter have a mom and daughter trip to a basketball tournament you go to every single can't yeah. just stay home with us hang out play a little ping pong yeah yeah we'll play tetris we'll do some stuff can't well, you can't you hang out last you- time they went away together the, the side view mirror got knocked off the car <laughs> i got a, we got a bunch of calls so no i'll, I'll handle it i, I, got re- it. I remember I remember mom and son going to a Portland tournament and leaving dad at home to do the podcast once. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, and how the okay, yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Let's just say I think I got a text saying we're at the wrong gym. Yeah, I, got, I know. See, I'm going. I, I'm, I'm going. Five hour drive there. We may have gone to the oh. wrong gym. There's nobody here. And I'm sure you just uh, let that slide. And uh, yeah, yeah you didn't give him any crap for that. <laughs> Knowing you the way I know you, you probably just let that slide a little bit, right? <laughs> Episode 131 of Mitch Unfiltered is available everywhere where podcasts are found. We want you to subscribe, we want you to listen. And we'd love for you, if you have a chance, to drop us a rating and review. It really helps. And to the couple thousand of you, by the way, over a couple thousand people have been nice enough to leave us, or even the people that gave us one star or two stars out of five, we thank all the people that took the time to write a little review and make a rating. Yep. We also appreciate all the emails helping me out with my back issue. Oh, yeah. We're now nine days removed since I, I felt something go in the bottom of my back. So, okay. Yeah. Are we recovered now? Or? I would say we're about 85% recovered. I was expecting to be 100% by now. Yeah, we're you were, I think, 80 last time yeah, we I'm talked? I'm still a little stiff down there. Oh. I'm doing exercise. I'm still a little stiff in the bottom of my gotcha. back and okay. the top of my butt. Uh, and I'm doing the exercises that I've been told to do. And I got... A lot of emails from from episode, what would it have been, 130P that we did this past week, yeah. where I asked for people who have back issues to to listen to my story and tell me what you think. And God, there are a lot of people out there with back issues. There are. I said to my son, if you're ever going to invent anything, you want to be a billionaire overnight, <laughs> yeah. invent a remedy for back problems. Yeah. Just invent a remedy like a surefire 100%. doesn't matter whether it's top back, left back, bottom back. <laughs> you come up with a remedy for back problems <laughs> right. in this world and you copyright that sucker, you trademark that sucker, you're home free for the rest of your life. <laughs> We're laughing, but people do have a lot. I mean, I know there's a lot of people with back problems, and it can be very yeah. serious. And once you start oh. getting surgeries, and well, uh, and yeah, it just keeps like, yeah, a lot keeps has going. gone through my mind. Okay, a lot has gone through my mind. Just to show you how shallow I am, the first thing is golf season. You know, ah. is approaching, and you can't play golf with a bad back. Yeah, I would assume you, so. shouldn't, you shouldn't try to play golf with a bad back. But yeah. anyway, I got a lot of emails. And that Any was, of them help you, though? Like a good advice? Like Yeah, put, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I felt like I've been doing the right thing. You know, okay. ice, a lot of ice, little bit of heat, a lot of ice, flat on the floor, some exercises. It just so happens that Brett, my baseball slash basketball player, has had a sore arm, like a dead arm from baseball. Okay. So he's been going to physical therapy to look at his road, work on his rotator cuff and work on something. He's growing. He's 15, you know, growing. And he, I happened to take him. So I went in and I said, hey, dad's got a bad back. Can I get two for the price <laughs> of one? trying to get a twofer out of this. <laughs> I do that at Piper's guitar lessons. I like sneak in, grab my guitar. Oh, I could probably do that too. Uh, so we got to begin episode 131. And the truth is we only have one guest. I'll tell you that story in a second. Okay. But what show did you start? We had Jason Hamilton until when? And when did Hotshot Scott sign on to Mitch Unfiltered? It's easy for me to remember because it's my football number 43, episode 43. Episode 43? Yes. And you've been here an hour at 131. Wow. I know. I'm, a, I'm the new guy. How'd you start? Wow. The new guy, I know. Incredible. How'd you stand the test of time? It's a great question. I, this this could be my last one for all I know. The, the day is young. We'll <laughs> you see how it goes. You go to Idaho, it might. <laughs> it's true. On like episode 50-something, we had a guy. Do you have any recollection of a, a guest that we had was a University of Virginia pitcher? 
All right. With Danny Holson back in the day. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And this guy went on to the big leagues. He was a pitcher. He went on to the big leagues. I think he he had a cup of coffee with the Philadelphia Phillies. His name was Michael Schwimmer, not David Schwimmer. Okay. Michael, do you have any memory of a guy? He's a UVA product. He came up with an algorithm to predict football the games. Gambling. The gambling yes. thing where he guaranteed it. You give him X amount of dollars. He guarantees they'll hit it a certain percentage. And right. if, if he doesn't, he gives you your money back and then some. Right. That's how sure he was. And he, had, he, he also had another business. He was an entrepreneur uh, after his baseball days. He had another business where... He and a few other investment guys would invest in the futures of minor league baseball players. So, so what they would do is they would go to like low single A players, not the superstar prospects, the low single A players that they researched and they would offer him a deal where they would write him a sizable check, hundreds of thousands of dollars in order to buy a stake of their future. Do you have any recollection of that interview? Michael Schwimmer was his that name. That doesn't ring a bell, that part. I remember the gambling part because I really wanted to follow him to yeah. see how, how well yeah. he was going to do, but I don't yeah. really remember that part. Okay. It's interesting, though. Well, that was his main business before the football it was. Okay. The football algorithm came. And the reason I bring it up is because Michael Schwimmer has been in the, in the news the last seven days. Okay. Because he and his, and his partners, his group, Purchased a stake many years ago in a young single-A baseball player by the name of... Oh, yes. The uh, Padres, Tatis. Fernando Tatis. Oh, boy. I think he bought for like a couple of hundred thousand dollars, 2% or 3% of Fernando Tatis many years ago. Wrote him a check. And the way that works is it's just a gamble on their behalf. If they don't ever make it... Then they never get their money back. They it's, okay. they lose, and if the if the player ends up making it, they own a certain percentage by contract of the guy's future. So well, it's a stock essentially, right? Right. Okay. He bought a position in Fernando Tatis. Oh. He paid for Fernando Tatis a lot of money. Yeah. As a seven, I think as a seventeen or eighteen year old, he got a check for a couple hundred grand, and now <laughs> Fernando Tatis owes this group twenty seven. Oh million dollars well, he bought microsoft in 1991 is what you're saying <laughs> i mean holy crap <laughs> because as people know by now if you don't know this guy fernando tatis is a huge star he's a young star for the padres he just agreed to a 350 or 40 million dollar deal and yep. now that group owns a stake owns a very small stake of fernando tatis and it's drawn incredible polarizing reaction from the world when this came out that tatis is owes this guy $27 million of his $300 million contract. Yeah. Some are saying, oh, my God, that's predatory behavior. They took advantage of the guy, yeah. yada, yada, yada. Others are saying, hold on a second. It was a, a purely a business deal. They wrote a check for several hundred thousand dollars. They went to the manager. They went to the attorneys. They didn't go to the kid, the 17-year-old kid, I'm sure. They went to his team, yeah. where, and they did a business deal. Why should it, Why should they feel guilty over the deal that they did? You didn't force some kid, you know, in the Didn't in put a gun to a guy. No, or, no, yeah, no, yeah. no. Didn't, no. Sign here, kid. Right. It's a good deal for you. So it's Michael Schwimmer who's in the middle of all this Oh, now. boy. How do you feel? Well, I have a lot of questions. So, so, so has he been getting paid up until this point? Because... I mean, he was making money until this huge contract. Yeah, my guess is yes. He's been, so he's been getting paid. Do we know if he's if 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 Tatis has actually been paying him, or is he kind I of been blowing that. him off? I'm uh, kind of. I curious. don't know. I don't know. Okay, I don't know that. It, to no. me, it, my first reaction is it feels a little predatory to take really? advantage of an 18 year old who 
may or may not make it and probably doesn't have any money and right 300 grand you know you hear it all the time in the music industry a lot in the music industry they're struggling and here's 40 grand that's more money than i've ever seen in my life but but the first three albums go to the record label you know yeah so it feels a little predatory to me at first that's that's my it's first funny reaction. because when i did the interview back on episode 50 something mm-hmm. I didn't get any emails reacting that way before we knew that somebody owed him some money, that one of his investments clicked and, and came through the yeah. door. I didn't hear anything about predatory, and I got reaction to that interview, but none of it was, mm, that sounds a little bit seedy. Yeah. Going to, it's only become seedy now that Fernando Tatis owes him <laughs> $27 million. And by the way, there have probably been a lot of kids, a lot of them so far, that have not panned out. Yeah. And they've lost hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars on. Can we convince this guy that I'm a prospect? <laughs> Just to see if he'll write me a check. Let's do it. Let's really convince him. I'll, I'll uh, color my hair to get the gray out. We'll do it. Because I ain't going to make the majors. It'll be a good deal for us. I don't know. But, well, I mean, what, what's, what's your thoughts? Does it feel predatory to you? I think it's easy to arrive at that conclusion. And I, I try always to fight the easy way to decide something is or isn't. I, I think I would say that I'd like to know more about the process. Okay. I think if I knew more about the initial process, the meetings, the contract, I'd love to see the contract. Yeah. I'd love to see how it came to be. I'd like to know about the communication between the Tatis camp and the Schwimmer camp. I, I'd like to know more about that before I give you an opinion. But I can understand why it feels seedy to a lot of people. Yeah. But I could also understand the viewpoint, hey, the guy made a $500,000 or $400,000 gamble in a kid's future that the percentages say he was probably going to lose all that money. Maybe yeah. never never see any of that money back. So what about that? I just get nervous about any lifetime contract. That just kind of freaks me out, right? That they, they Someone tried to strong-arm Frank Sinatra that way because he wanted to leave his little singing group to go solo. And the guy yeah. said, you know, I want 5% of whatever you make the rest of your life. Right. The rest of your life. I don't know. Something about that, that lifetime contract just seems... Seems a little weird to me, but like you said, the guy wrote a pretty big check, pretty big check to that 18-year-old, and he cashed it. So I can see both sides, but my first reaction is, "Mm." you're coming after a guy who doesn't have any money and doesn't know if he's going to make it, and it's easy to take that money. Again, where was that when I did the interview? (laughs) Not only Why is that only now that I'm hearing that? Where was He was going at, he explained that we go after young, talented kids, and we bet on their future and give them upfront money. I don't remember here. I didn't see one email (laughs) from somebody who said, boy, that sounds a little gross. Yeah. I guess it's easy now. It's easy now. What what is he, 27 million, you said? 27 million. Oh, boy. Episode 131. So we intended to serve up three more fascinating guests on this episode. Okay. One of which was going to be an old friend of yours and mine, an intern, a former intern, a former Mitch producer, a former Seahawks PR guy, a former Sounders play-by-play man by the name of Matthew Stretch Johnson. He was supposed to be one of three guests on this episode 131. Here's the problem. I mean, I can't believe you got stood up by a guy named Stretch. I mean, what's the, what's the world coming to? But See, actually, the, the problem is the opposite. Okay. We ended up doing an hour. Oh. I bet that was probably not that difficult since you've known the guy forever, right? We ended up telling stories, <laughs> yeah. old KJR war stories. We ended up telling old stories, getting bitched out by Stuart Scott, the late Stuart Scott oh. in, in Houston at a Super Bowl. A lot of stories, a lot of prediction show, a lot of old Mitch in the morning 
KJR, yeah. Matthew Stretch Johnson, New York, the whole thing. It just <laughs> went York on and on and on. And I looked down after we're finished, and it's an hour long. Right. So I had a decision to make. Do I try to take, you know, each of these interviews are about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Do I try to take an hour and make it into 20 minutes yeah. and take maybe the other 40 and put it on patron and then get two other guests? What do I do? And it was kind of a week-ish type of week, a W-E-A-K-I-S-H type of W-E-E-K. Right, I'm with you. <laughs> so I decided just to take the hour, chop it up maybe into thirds, <clears throat> and have him be all through. We've never done that. That's I don't, great. I don't think I've ever done that. You and I and Steve have had this conversation in one of our team meetings, one of our Mitch Unfiltered meetings, whether we ever want to try having one guest for a long time instead of three guests. Yeah. Well, it just worked out that way. So I feel badly for all of the listeners right now that are not looking forward to hearing from Stretch, <laughs> Matthew Stretch Johnson. Well, Old if they, stories. If they're hearing this, then they've already downloaded it and we get credit for it anyway. That's so why I'm saying it. We're good. Yeah, but we may lose them for 132. They may like, okay, that's it. I'm not doing 132. I'm penalizing you by not doing 130. Anyway, one guest, three segments worth of storytelling and funny stuff and point. He got COVID. I didn't know that. Oh, He's I didn't know that telling either. the story about moving into with his dad who's got cancer. And oh. so there's, there's a lot of, la- a lot, mostly it's, it's 90% just giggles. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's some serious stuff too. And the whole story of him getting called by the Sounders. I guess he was working for the Sounders at the time. And they're like, how would you like to be our play by play guy? And he was like, I've never done play by play anything in my life. Good. You're hired. <laughs> just what we're looking for (laughs) it's what they're looking for and he did it for five years amazing whoever heard of that he loves uh, by the way for those he loves soccer oh yeah huge fan. so this is like a dream for him he's the biggest soccer fan i ever knew yeah in my life yeah yeah he was asked out of the blue to become the play-by-play man of crazy and he had never he didn't even have a a tape he didn't even have anything (laughs) that and they just wanted him they well, just gave it to him. His passion shined through, I'm guessing, because he yeah. does love the Sounders yeah. and soccer. But they just so. released him of his duties. They did. I saw that on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. 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 Do so, we know why? Does he get into it at all? Or do we not really go down that road? Or, um, I, all right. I guess I we'll have to just listen. Can't answer that question. All right. All right. All right. Quick. A quick. St- it's, a, it's, a, it's actually a funny. And I'm sorry to interrupt. But yeah, yeah. It's actually <laughs> funny because when we decided to do it, he said to me off the air, he said, Mitch, there's only one question I can't answer. No. And he told me what that question is. And he told me why he can't answer it. And he told me what the, he told me what the answer is. Yeah. He said, but you can't ask me. So when I started the interview, I said, I want you to know for the first time in 30 years of interviewing people here in the Pacific Northwest, I have agreed. This is the first time I've ever agreed not to ask a question to an interviewee. And he starts to giggle. And I said, so I am not going to. So listeners are going to be like the whole time. They're going to wonder, what's the question? Yeah. Can't answer the question. (sighs) But I will be able to tell you what the question is and the answer in a couple weeks. Oh, you will? Yeah. Okay, good. So there's a payoff. Yeah. I'm surprised no one's ever given you any sort of. Because we've had people on, like, like you want to interview Herman Munster, the, the actor who played Herman? He wants to talk about his paintings, though, only. So don't ask about the Munsters. You know, that there's always, yeah. like, weird guidelines. Yeah. I'm surprised I, you've never had that. I, oh, I've had it. Oh, I, just, okay. I just haven't done the interview. Oh, In fact, you. I think I've told you the story. The first time that I ever asked Paul Allen to be on the show... Mm-hmm. May he rest in peace. Right. This is years and years and years ago on the radio show. His team said, you know, he doesn't do media. He doesn't really do much. He'll do your show. Would you send us the questions? Oh, yeah. And I said, I can't do that. That's, that's tough. So he didn't do it. 
He didn't do the show. And huh. then he came back and he did it a few years later when they made it to the Super Bowl. Remember when they made the run to the Super Bowl and he he put up the flag oh, at the yeah. NFC Championship game? Great. He did it. He ended up coming on years later, but at first he didn't come on because he wanted the questions. And We've had people say, you can't ask my, my client about this. And I would say, okay, then... Right. We can't do that. Right. You're going to have Herman Munster. I'm not talking about the Munsters. I mean, I give a crap about his paintings. Like, what? No. Forget no, it. We're no. out. The answer is we'll be happy to talk to him about his paintings and his life yeah. and his passions and what he's doing now. Yeah. He's got to be happy to do what we want to do also. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, kinda, yeah. That's kind of the way the world works, right? It is, so, yes. So there was one question off limits for Matt Str- of all the interviews I've ever done. <laughs> that's right. Okay. We just talked about you had Robert Shapiro on from OJ's Dream Team and no guy right in the middle of the two right in the middle of the thing right one guy this is the guy one guy i've agreed to not ask a question and it's matthew stretch johnson of all people all the people what were you gonna say he may not remember this but there was a restaurant that was outside of our building i won't name it because we all liked it but you know it's not a super nice restaurant no the the other building okay and so i'm looking out the windows talking to tush or one of the guys there and and you see two guys that like two cooks that work there with their white coats on and they're smoking and and they're feeding the seagulls some food as they're smoking just kind of throwing some food and stretch walks by and he goes oh look they're chumming the seagulls for lunch (laughs) i don't know why that hit me so funny Chumming the seagulls. That that, that killed me. He was a really, he's a funny dude, man. But that that absolutely killed me. Well, I (laughs) I think we have a chance to at the very least entertain one. You. I think you will be entertained by the three segments of Matt Stretch Johnson. I can't promise anybody else will. Yeah. But if you like like old funny stories, two guys giggling a lot. Yeah, I mean, people have liked when Fish has come on and talked stories and Wheeler. He's never been on a freebie. Fish has never been on a freebie. He's only been on the patron show. Well, that's in his contract. I mean, I don't know if you saw it or not. I faxed it to you. I don't know if you got it. But his agent said, no freebies for my client. I'll have you know that Michael Schwimmer once bought 1% of of Fish's future earnings. (laughs) Yeah, and Fish ain't waiting. He ain't paying. (laughs) He's still waiting for the seagulls. Yeah, right. Anyway, one guest on this episode, 131, and it's Matt Stretch Johnson. Hotshot, a couple of words from our partners before we begin this episode 131. Like the Kirkland office of Guild Mortgage, I keep hearing from listeners how awesome Jordan Flowers is and his team. One wrote me recently, quote, paid off both my cars, my credit cards, and I literally have over $2,500 a month more for savings. Such a blessing. With 30-year fixed rates in the twos, spend five minutes on the phone, 425-250-3150 with the Kirkland office at Gill Mortgage. Evergreen Golf Call, tax advisors, certified financial planners, and experienced portfolio managers working together to bring retirement planning, taxes, and investments all under one roof. EvergreenGK.com, start there. More than just a financial advisor, Evergreen is everything wealth. 18 locations of Zeke's Pizza now await you as dining rooms are again open 25% capacity, the newest in Kenmore near City Hall, and a flurry of new Zeke's locations are coming soon. Download the Zeke's Pizza app order online. Zeke's Pizza, homegrown in the Northwest. As we begin to trickle back out to restaurants, please don't forget a pillar of the Northwest for 40 years, 25% inside seating, Daniel's Broiler, 
Les Shy, South Lake Union, and Bellevue Place. There's just no better place than Daniel's Broiler for special occasions, a world-class steakhouse. And if you're thinking about a new fireplace or a fire pit for cozy family gathering spaces, you're crazy not to begin your search at Fireside Home Solutions. Garage doors too. FiresideHomeSolutions.com. All right, this is episode 131, and it begins right now unfiltered if they were a team that was that close to the super bowl do you think anybody would have when entertained for a half a second the notion of trading whether he's disgruntled or not the notion of trading their superstar franchise quarterback that's the quarterback of a team that's on the doorstep of winning the super bowl would anybody even think about that unfiltered they've got four draft choices add to that They've got questionable salary cap space, so they don't have a lot of money to go out and improve the roster. You put all of this together, and there's the definition of what I call the reality of the Seattle Seahawks. Mitch is unfiltered. Episode 131, Hotshot Scott. I know that you and a lot of other listeners out there have been staying up Night after night worrying about Piper and her cell phone situation. Remember, I bought her the iPhone 7 for 50 bucks. And you told me it was her birthday in Arizona and that you whispered to us on a patron show, I think it was, that you're going to update. She's been walking around with one of those Motorola boxes with the big antenna. That's correct, yes. (laughs) Like uh, in the movie Wall Street. (laughs) Well, you'll be happy to know that she's the proud owner of a brand new, uh, brand spanking new iPhone 11. So she is now. She shot right to the top of her friends with that one. Oh. Yeah, I mean, she, she, who'd you steal it from? She, <laughs> same neighbor. <laughs> they, they love iPhones. They got a ton of them. But she did prove that she could keep track of it. She hasn't uh, lost it. Yeah. And the big part of it was when we were in Arizona, she'd take off with her friends and her old phone just wouldn't keep a charge. I'd get a text from her friend, hey, Piper's phones. It was kind of annoying me. Yeah. You know, iPhones, they just stop keeping charges. Like, yeah. you know, there's no buying a new battery. So that was part of it, too. She proved she could keep it. And it was her birthday. Did and you I take her to the Apple store and do the whole thing? We did the T Mobile store. Yeah, because we're team. That's a customers. long experience. Isn't it? <clears throat> you think you can walk in and walk out with an with a phone? Oh, right? it's a whole. It doesn't thing. it doesn't work? Oh, that and then you got to buy the case, and then the screen protector. You want us to put it on for you? And the, 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 that's you got to yeah. transfer everything over and oh. little and little sticks. I don't know what that is. Little picture thing. cards. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So yeah. she's on. She. You haven't seen her since. No, I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> I was hoping you had maybe. So let me know if anyone sees her. She's gone. Oh, well, good for her. <laughs> iPhone 11. Yeah, that's right. Nicer than I, mom's phone. Is so. that this one? Is that the one I have? I don't even know i don't know either but i mean how, let me see the cameras it's only a uh i, th- I think it's that one yeah okay. you might have the same phone there you go as, an, as a 12 year old but yeah so I, yeah I, I've, I, hit, I've hit the big time i took a lot of shit from people just get her a phone she seems like a nice kid what are you doing you know so she's got a nice phone now everyone you can also that easy. set you back uh well it a was a monthly deal yeah i just threw it on the bill it's yeah, 25 so it, bucks a month or something until like you die but yeah it's like 700 bucks or something so she she i wanted to get her this one called the nah, no one cares the es but it's the same screen as it. she said i really kind of wanted the bigger one so i just splurged and got her the iphone 11 she didn't even ask she likes her phone but i was sick of it not charging so now so. what happens to her old phone well she's a hoarder she can thank her gra- her grandma Brenda, my mom, runs in the family, so she she will not let go of that phone. She will keep it forever. That'll just she keeps everything, so it'll sit in her. Well, drawer. that's the big news of episode one thirty one. Thanks for joining us. See you next time, man. I I don't know, Kanye and and Kim. It's over. In the words of the great Howard Cosell, it's over. It's all over.
Is it over? You thought those kids were going to last forever, did See, you? I don't even know. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know. I used to be so good on pop culture. You did? When I, was that? I, I think so, okay. in the 1980s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. You the Love Boat cast. All right. I'm, I'm reading all about Kanye and Kim, Kim and Kanye, and yeah. I read 1.3 billion. I read that they're worth over $3 billion as a team, yeah. as a couple. Yeah. How? I mean, he's a he's a singer, right? I I, I can't I couldn't name one right. song. Singer, is right. he not a singer? Well, I think he isn't raps. He, isn't he a crooner? Uh, yes, he, he is. Sing yeah. a lot of Sinatra songs. A lot of Dean okay, Martin. He's a covers. rapper. Yeah, but is he's a rapper, also, not a singer. I don't know if you uh, no. Three point two billion dollars between the two of them to split. Well, he he's also this like musically he's like a musical genius producer as well. That's how he got his start was as a producer. Okay. So, he's re so he's, you know, all that money from all the records he produced. And then he, he went out on his own in like 08 or 07. Don't hold me to that. But around there. And he just had all these hits. And then he's got his, his shoe line, the Yeezys. $1.3 billion yeah. is the value of something called Yeezy. Have you ever had a Yeezy shoe? Uh, you, you can't get them. It's like you, you can't get them. You can't get them. Come on. He, he'll, you can't get them. He'll release like a certain amount and they're gone in like two seconds. And then you got to wait. Uh, try again. You just know you can't get them. They're so popular that they're just gone in a heartbeat. As soon really? as they release, yeah, it's what are, crazy. They, are they tennis shoes? Yeah, are they flip flops? Are they slides? <laughs> yes, they're flip flops. What do you get? What do you get? Seven thousand dollars. What are we getting? High yeah, tops. Yeah, some are, are, are players in the NBA wearing Wheezy, Yeezys? I think Wheezy from the Jeffersons. Yeah, yeah. Wheezy. Huh. Last time you were into pop culture, you <laughs> <laughs> <He> just showed. <laughs> but yeah, Yeezys are huge. Yeah, they're everywhere. Uh, so well, so NBA players wear Yeezys. I'm sure some have them. Yes. Really? I don't know if they wear them during the games. But I'm oh, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't. Oh. I don't think they're they're to be worn during games. But yeah, Yeezys are I huge. I don't know I, anything. I've, I've, they're not a Dicks Yeezy. No, they you are can't not. Can't buy a pair of Yeezys. We just went to Dicks the other day <laughs> to get a, a pair of cleats. <laughs> oh yeah. There's no, no Yeezy cleats. No, there are not. And no, you're not going to get any Yeezys there either. And then she's got KKW Beautiful or something beauty, yeah, yeah. a beauty like I just could not believe the wealth of these two. And I. I don't know what it's been. I, I can tell you that I remember the O.J. Simpson thing as if it were yesterday. I remember when it first broke that the, the, the wife, the ex-wife and the friend uh, were killed. That I remember Robert Kardashian was the first person we heard from when O.J. was a suspect. The, the friend, That's right, yeah. Robert Kardashian, who would die just a few years later. Yeah. I know, I know who Kim <laughs> Kardashian is. Don't, sure. I, I'm, not, I'm not stupid. I mean, I know I can picture her I, I know exactly who she is I don't think I know who her sisters or her brothers are but I don't know that I've ever, I, I haven't followed the whole Kardashian thing can you give it to me in in like 30 seconds can you summarize no the, not in 30 seconds 60 seconds <laughs> need two hours well I, this family drives me crazy and it's shocking how much I know about them and they drive me nuts but okay okay so Kim Kardashian is she the oldest of the sisters and she's got Chloe and Zoe and Frankie that's and Bobby right. yes, and Zoe and yeah. Frankie so yeah, yeah. there's there's Courtney Kim and Chloe, those are the, the three girls on the Keeping Up with the Kardashian show. More money, by the Never way. Never saw it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't either, but okay. I know about it. It's Ryan okay. Seacrest production. Okay. So he just keeps making money as well for right. some reason. Right. Um, and then there's Rob Kardashian. We've talked about a little bit. That's the brother. He's the sports card collector guy. Okay. Okay. So Kim was Paris Hilton's buddy. Remember Paris Hilton was like the biggest story in the world for like a minute. Sex video. Paris Hilton. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and TMZ loved like she would be out. She she was the, the one of the heiresses to the Hilton fortune. So it was kind of cool that all she did was go to clubs every night. Right. So we were kind of fast. Right. So Kim was her her buddy. Right. So, I remember that. Okay. So we kind that. of knew Kim from TMZ. And then Kim was dating a guy named Ray J, who is a rapper. I don't know who that, know who that is. Ray J happens to be Brandy's brother. Brandy's a singer who had a bunch of songs. 
Yeah, okay. the, the girl is mine. Yeah, yeah, I know Brandy. Sitting up in yeah. my room. Brandy was like a big star, you know. <laughs> okay. She has a lot of, I, I like Brandy. Okay. Brandy ended up getting in a car accident on 405 and killing somebody on accident. So she's had a little bit of a rough a rough oh. go since then too. But oh. I don't know if you remember that story. No, no. no okay. No. All right, so she, she dated Ray J and then a sex tape was leaked of Ray J and Kim. And, and So Paris had a sex tape. Yes. Kardashian had a sex tape. Yep. We think that these were, were these leaked intentionally to boost careers <sighs> were, were they outraged were both of them outraged i don't remember was this kanye and kim or no this ray is kim j. and ray j yeah okay. okay i don't remember outrage and the rumor is that um that the mom is sort of the puppet master behind all this with her daughters is this somebody with bruce jenner chris jenner is chris jenner she yes. was married to, okay she was married to so caitlin jenner bob kardashian the guy i remember yes was married to Chris Correct. before he died. Yep. They had all these kids. These are kid these are Bob and Chris Jenner's ki- Chris Kardashian's kids. Yes, Courtney, and Kim, then, Chloe, and Rob. And then after he died, she married Bruce Jenner? That's correct. Okay, so Bruce became Caitlin. Caitlin. Yes. And what wh- what did Chris become? Chris is still Chris for all I know. <laughs> but okay. Chris but Chris and Bruce have two daughters, Kylie Chris, and Kendall. Chris and Bruce. Yeah. Now Caitlin, but Chris and Bruce had two daughters. Yeah. Kylie and Kendall. They're Jenners. Yes, they are Jenners. Now, Kylie is the, at 21, she became the world's youngest self-made billionaire. You'll be happy to know. Kylie Jenner. What did she do now? Uh, I think hers, uh, well, first of all, she's gorgeous. So she had millions of followers on, but she has a cosmetic line, I want to say, and perfume and all that. Yeah. Self-made billionaire at 21. And I looked up, poor, poor Kendall, the other sister, I think her net worth is $45 million. Oh, my God. How does she get along? Yeah, so she's like the, the third Manning brother at Thanksgiving. You know, he's got to sit there and listen to his brother. Eli. Yeah. Eli. No, no, not Eli. The, the one who didn't play in the NFL. Oh, yeah. yeah that's not Eli? No, the Eli. The Manning oldest. Play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I got it. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah, the son, whose son is an amazing player. <laughs> right, 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 player, right. Yeah. He was the best one of the whole bunch. Not Eli. Yeah, go ahead. But, but yeah. yeah, so so yeah. Kendall, so there's Kendall and Kylie. That those are her sisters as well, and those are Bruce Jenner, Cooper, Cooper Manning, Cooper Manning. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there you go. That's and then Chloe was married to Lamar Odom, and all Chloe Jenner, Chloe Kardashian, Chloe Kardashian. They're all with K's. It drives me nuts. Why do people do that? Hey, I'm sure there's listeners out there who think it's I, cute. I have friends that do it. it. Drives me nuts. And these are all these people are immensely popular. Like the people we're talking to right now that are listening to this podcast all know this. Um, I think they're they all like know uh, of people them. driving around listening right now are saying. Mitch, you're the only one in the world that doesn't know what Hotshot just told you. <laughs> or is it possible that our audience has no idea? I mean, has the same knowledge, baseline knowledge as I do, kind of know who they are, yeah. but don't really know who they are. Probably closer to you, okay. closer to you. But you got remember that the, the three sisters had a TV show for ten years, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware of the TV show. I never saw it, but that's good for business too. That's that's a paid infomercial every week for all their cockamamie products. Amazing. So that doesn't hurt 3. either. Three point two billion dollars yeah. to split up in this divorce. Two wow. years ago on Valentine's Day, Kanye filled up a room in their house with. Like, I don't know, 200 single stem roses in vases. Yeah. Like bowling pins everywhere. <clears throat> in the middle of the room was Kenny G playing his alto saxophone <laughs> romantically for Kim You're when making she. making this up. You're it, totally making complete this up. video of it. And you I'm, are making this up. Kenny G from here. Seattle's own Kenny G. Yeah. Yes. Playing his saxophone in the middle of a room on You're Valentine's right. Day for Kim. Can't be right. There's footage not only of <laughs> Kenny G, but then Kanye turns and puts the camera on himself and smiles like you can see him. But Okay. Let's get down. To I grass. bet he wants that money back. I got, by a, the way. I got a million little sports stories that I want to mention in the first segment. Okay. But I have one last question about this. Yes. I want an honest answer. Oh, boy. 
Kim Kardashian, if she had never had the sex tape leak, would have become what? I don't know that she'd be as anywhere near as popular as she is now. I, I just, I, I you think, think it, it's all about the sex tape. Her she, popularity really dovetailed on, at the sex tape. I mean, she's a smart entrepreneur. Clearly, she runs businesses and she's made something of herself. So it seems a little, you know, it's a little dismissive to say she, only the sex tape. She, maybe she would have gone on to, you know, her mom seems savvy. She maybe gone on to be a, a big, you know. Have you seen the sex tape? Well, I've heard it's out there. <laughs> I mean, was there something special about her performance? I don't want to get too graphic. Well, no. In the sex tape, or is it just that she had a sex tape? Well, she was gorgeous, first of all. I yeah. mean, and, you know, and she was kind of, remember how J-Lo, there was a lot of talk about her, her backside was yeah, big. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kim was like the next level yeah. on that. Yeah. So people were, I guess, were curious to see it. And yeah. yeah, I mean, this was a time, remember sex tapes used to hurt your career? Like that was something you didn't want to get leaked. Was that before this or after no, this? Before this. I mean, now I think it kind of helps in a way. I mean, it, I don't know if it helped Paris. I mean, she was a big star, but I think it helped Kim's career immensely. I really do. Crazy, right? I mean, who would have thought? Like if you had. If, hey, it's your turn. If, 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 if <laughs> Mitch Unfiltered needs a boost. <laughs> Hotshot Scott. We got to get people to watch, though, is the problem. We might, might want to find somebody else. I'm but. telling you, Mitch Unfiltered, we're on life support. We right. need something. Well, Hotshot, get to work. I'm not too proud. I'm Idaho. in. Idaho. That's Here right. We, that's right. Idaho. Hello. God. So, yes, to answer your question, I, I think it really, it, that really helped. Yeah. Unfortunately, I guess that's the world we live in now. It really okay. helped her. All right. Yeah, so there's your Kardashian 101. Sports-wise, Kevin Mather, name mean anything to you? He's, as we're recording this, we're probably a little early to record this. If we would record this maybe on Monday instead of Sunday, we'd have different uh, thoughts. Kevin Mather is really becoming very, very much the uh, the center of controversy and discussion. You know who he is? I do. And yeah. I got a text on the way to your house, actually, like, oh, you guys are going to love this Kevin Mather uh, stuff. Yeah. And I hate it when things break like, I know. as we are doing the podcast. Yeah. That's a little bit unfair to us, but... Uh, the story is, and I'm, I'm sure by the time this is produced and distributed and people are actually listening to this, they probably don't need me to explain as I am on a Sunday afternoon explaining it. But Kevin Mather, whom I, whom I know, I wouldn't say that I'm friendly with, but I know him fairly well. Okay. We visited not too long ago. Uh, he plays golf where I play golf. We see each other. He is incredibly friendly to me and has been always nothing but supportive. He apparently did... Like a, a Rotary Club of Bellevue Zoom call. Yeah, like a breakfast a week club or two or something, ago, yeah. Where he got on his computer from his house, answered questions, did them a favor. Yeah. Was yes. like the sp guest speaker at something on Zoom or whatever. And I, I, look, Kevin's a smart guy. There's no way you can convince me that he didn't realize that what he was doing could end up on YouTube or might end up on YouTube. Right. I mean, it could be somebody. But the whole the thing ended up on YouTube on the day that we're having this discussion, recording this audio. And uh, for the, those that we, we never said, he's the president of the Mariners. He's the president. I didn't say that. No. President of the Mariners. Yeah. For those that don't know. Currently the president of the Mariners. Yes, he is. I'm assuming he'll be the president of the Mariners when people hear this, but maybe people will be chuckling because I, I don't know. He's gotten himself in trouble with a lot of his remarks on that video. Now, to be fair, to unfiltered listeners you have not seen it correct because you just heard about it yeah and i literally watched it quickly because you were on your way over to record this this podcast so we're probably not as well informed on this particular subject well on all particular subjects as we <laughs> right. should be unless it's the kardashians i'm all over it but he was uh he was incredibly honest 
maybe to a fault. He said some things that have been construed as negative towards foreign-born baseball players. Yeah. He said something about an interpreter to uh, to one of his Japanese players all these years that he hated paying them, where he might get a lot of a lot of flack from the major league level. Is he essentially admitted to? manipulating the start time of prospects' major league careers. You know that old story? You know the way that works? Not really. Explain it. So, for all intents and purposes, to dumb it down, major league baseball teams have what I would call six years of control of their farm products, of their products. Okay. From the time they start as a major leaguer. Okay. They really can't leave unless the the team trades them away or allows them to leave or cuts them or dismisses them. They really can't leave for six years. If you've got a if you've got a great product and he starts as a major leaguer in 2021, you've got control of him one way or the other till 2027. Okay. You're not supposed to finagle with the start time when that clock starts. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And I, some they say it's a written rule. I don't know whether it's a written rule. It might be a written rule with Major League Baseball, but teams are not allowed through the negotiation with the players, you know, the collective bargain agreement. You're not allowed to manipulate. But it's been so, it's been a practice that's been happening for years because it's so hard to prove. How do you prove it? Right? How do you prove yeah. that a team didn't purposely start a guy's career for a little bit longer? How do you prove that how do you, how do you prove that they just didn't think that he Needed a couple more at bats in the minor league, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's one of those almost impossible until a guy goes on with the Rotary Club of Bellevue, <laughs> right, and announces it. So so you may not know, but do you think it's an open secret among baseball teams that that, that, that this happens? Yeah. Oh, uh, this happens. Okay, this happens. But you don't every day find a president, yeah, who says to the Bellevue Co- Rotary Club, and I'm not quoting here, I'm paraphrasing. Last year was 2020. We were not going to win many games. There was no way we were putting Jared Kelnick in left field. You would have seen me in left field before Jared Kelnick. <laughs> yeah. Trying to save a little more of that time. Because yeah. why, the, the, the idea would be, why would we start a young superstar to be in a year that we can't win anyway? Why don't we wait and preserve him for another year? Or And then he went on to say that Kalnick would have told you he was ready to play when he was in high school, right. major league level. He's not one who has a lack of self-confidence or something like that. Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of different subject matters, especially with foreign-born players and so forth, that I think Kevin Mather is going to find himself in a lot of hot water as the next, let's say, 48, 72 hours go by. So it's sort of like in college when, when you don't want to play one of your – Best recruits, maybe, because you want to get a full four years. If you play them on like the last couple games, then is that kind of the same idea? You same want to idea. kind of sit on them? Same and, idea. Yeah, get, get the most out of same them. Same idea. But you don't want to admit that. Same idea. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Unless and there get, were some other things in the end. I mean, it was a long, it was like 45 minutes worth of view. T- and I don't even think you can watch it now, Achan. I think you missed the boat. Oh, really? Yeah, because I think they pulled it down right before. And, and by the way, nice of the Rotary Club to put this thing on YouTube. Well, but it, I mean, somebody in the crowd could have been filming it. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Everyone's yeah. got a camera yeah. in their life yeah. at all times. So. I, 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 you know. I mean, when you, when you watched it. I or, like Kevin Mather is my okay. problem. Okay. I like Kevin Mather. I and, really do. I don't know what's going to become of this. He's been in the midst of controversy before. There have been workplace issues with the Mariners before under his watch. Yeah. He was the president. He's been the president for a few years. There is an undertone really to the video of being all about the bottom line and about, I mean, he talks about contracts with players and 
you know, trying to do deals with them that give them the, the upper hand. The mayor. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff in this in this rotary Zoom call that may get him in a lot of trouble. And not wanting to pay an interpreter seems kind of nitpicky as far I hated as paying a guy $75,000 to be the guy's interpreter when I think his English was better mm. than he led on to believe. You know, there's just... Yeah. 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 Yeah, the Mariners have been... Uh, they've been the focal point of some things that haven't been on, you know, on field, on the field stuff. Lately. We all have. Yeah, all I, have. I guess some of we us have been have. there. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting to see what happens with him. I think we'll have a lot more to say about this on Wednesday's, uh, one thir- well, the 131P that'll be, we'll release on Thursday, that we'll record on Wednesday. We'll be a lot more. I, I think we'll be far along in this cycle of this story where you and I will be able to have a lot. Of, although I don't know that we're going to be able to watch the video anymore. I'll find oh. it. It's the internet. I'll find it. <laughs> it's on the same webpage as Kim K. Don't worry. Well, I'll look find at the it. bright news. Russell Wilson is still the Seahawks quarterback. How about that? He is, as a matter of he fact. He sure is. Yes. <laughs> uh, there's still some whispers. Don't know if you saw the Colin Coward stuff. Colin Coward said on his TV show or his radio show that Russell Wilson's primary beef is with one guy and one guy only. And his name is Pete Carroll. Yeah. Russell Wilson's got a problem with Pete Carroll. Coward also said that three Seahawks players have told him off the air, Coward, told Coward off the air, okay. that their offense reminds them of a 1980s offense. Oh, it doesn't help that the oldest coach in the NFL is the head coach, too. That doesn't help. Yeah. Well, maybe it'll be different with the new offensive coordinator. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Who apparently Russell Wilson had a – had a voice in in deciding that he would be the next one, the guy from the Rams. Okay. Oh. I mean, I, I, I keep saying this, but I just thought it was so weird when Pete Carroll said after the season they want to focus more on the run with, the, with Russell Wilson sitting behind you. Like, to me, that was a big slap in the face. That really annoyed me. I mean, maybe you think that, but just keep it to yourself while you're paying a guy $33 million a year who just got knocked out in the first round again because nobody could protect him. It seemed weird that he would emphasize that. Who knows? Maybe they won't be paying him $33 million next year. Yeah. Maybe he'll be playing somewhere else. As people in this, I love, I don't love it, but I say that in a different way. I, I get a kick out of the 12s that are out there right now that just do not want to hear, this is not a story. <laughs> There's no problem between Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. There can't be. Russell Wilson's our guy. Pete Carroll's our guy. And any member of the media who is, who is tweeting about this is just making shit up. You guys are making, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We're not listening. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're not li- There's like a, a, a faction of the 12s that don't want to hear shit yeah. about Russell Wilson because it's nonsense. It's all nonsense. It's impossible that he's pissed off and it's impossible that John Schneider would even listen to the notion of a trade where he got a whole ton of first-round draft choices, by which, by the way, he doesn't have any right now. Yeah. Uh, it's impossible that they would have conversation. You would never trade number three. Impossible. Yeah. Well, it goes back to what you said about the, this, this is more about the state of the Seahawks, you think? I think it's about a lot of things. Yeah. I think it's a lot of, about a lot of things. And I think the first and foremost, and you, you're, you're, you're referring to something that I said on uh, 130P on Thursday, which is... You cannot put your hand over the current reality of the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. That is a huge part to this. What does John Schneider, what does Pete Carroll think? I mean, let's take Pete Carroll out of it because Pete Carroll is the oldest guy in the NFL, and he's a young whatever he is. Right, but, right. but 
he sees his football mortality. He doesn't want to start a rebuild. So let's let's take Pete Carroll out of it. But John Schneider is a younger guy. Yeah. I mean, what does John Schneider think the situation is right now around his team? What does he think? I'm, I mean, yeah, they won 12 games last year. They won the division. But was it a real 12? Right. Was it a little fluky 12? They got blasted in the first round of the playoffs by a wild card team. They have the quarterback had didn't have a thumb. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> a thumbless quarterback beat him. <laughs> Go on, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, God. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they've got a lot of personnel issues. They got offensive line issues. They've got defensive line issues. He's got an aging quarterback who wants to play till he's forty, but he's gotten hit more than anybody in the NFL the last five or eight years. He's got no draft choices to speak of because he traded them all for Jamal Adams. He's got no salary cap to speak of because he's going to have to pay Jamal Adams now and a bunch of in their right. salary cap situation. So he's got very little flexibility to improve upon the team, all while the Rams are signing Matt Stafford and the Niners are getting healthy and the Cardinals are coming a little bit. Yep. And I mean, is it possible that John Schneider in a private moment, thinks to himself, I don't know how I'm going to improve this team more than I had. I don't know how this team is going to be any better next year. And maybe it's time, maybe it's time to parlay the 32-year-old quarterback who, by the way, next year is going to ask for another contract. Right. Maybe it's time to say, at least to listen. Because if God, if, if the um, Carolina Panthers are willing to call us and offer you know, two number ones this year, two number one, uh, one next year, and one, the, you know, I, mean, I should listen to this. Right. And by the way, this is the same John Schneider that, if you believe reports, was prepared to trade Russell Wilson three years ago for the number one pick in the draft. Right. Where he, he take Josh Allen. Yeah. Uh, okay. Think about where they were three years ago and how young Russell Wilson was then and what the situation was around the Seahawks then. If he was willing to trade him then before giving him this monster deal... Isn't it possible that he'd be willing to trade him now if the right kind of Brinks truck package of yeah. prospects and draft choices and flexibility came his way? I, I can't imagine that he's over there in Newcastle saying, no, I'm not listening. I don't want to hear. I, I'm not taking a call from the Dallas Cowboys. No. Jerry Jones? No, I'm not discussing Russell. I, why wouldn't he just have the call Have the call and take a look? We love Russell. This is not 25-year-old Michael Jordan, who is essentially untradeable. Like, I'm sure that the GM didn't take any calls back, right? I mean, no one's, uh, there's just, there's no package available for my, this is not that. A 32-year-old. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, is it really a rebuild, do you think, though? Let's let's say they, they trade Russell Wilson and they get, I don't know, Tua or a, a young starter. Is it really a full tear-it-down rebuild? There's still a no. lot of good players on the Seahawks. It depends on who they get and what he thinks of the guy they get. If there's a young quarterback that comes in the deal or if they get a draft choice that John Schneider believes he can get a good, a great young quarterback, then he would tell you this is not a rebuild. Yeah. And I don't even know that John Schneider would even want to rebuild. But there's just a lack of, uh, of resources right now to get better. Right. I mean, you asked How are you getting the- better? I mean, what are we going to do? We're going to spend all our money to bring everybody back? Are we going to bring Shaq back and give him a lot of money and bring give Jamal Adams a lot of money to bring him back and yeah. give Carlos Dunlap a lot of money? What, all to stay 
<laughs> yeah. Status quo yeah. is that good enough? Yeah, to get knocked is out it, of the first round again. Are you are you going to be are you going to be even in the first round if you keep the team as is? Is this team good enough? the way they played the last eight weeks of the season? Is this team good enough if right. you keep it as is to even win twelve games next year? How do you get better? How do you take the next step forward? They may just be stuck right now. Right, that's what I'm bringing up. They may be stuck. Less about about. Russell Wilson Correct. more about we got to make a move Correct. here and this is our only way this Correct. is the one player we can leverage Correct. To, yeah and and they're also having internal discussions about what are we going to say to Mark Rodgers Russell Wilson's his guy Wilson's is his, his, his guy <laughs> yeah. when he comes to us next off season with 2 years left on his contract and tells us he wants 40 million dollars a year for Russell Wilson now what are we doing right yeah, for and a he's, 35 or and he's, and he's one year older, yeah. and he's one year closer to the end of a contract. He's got two years left, and maybe it's not next year. Maybe it's the following year. I mean, once we get there, what will be his market? Of, what are we going to get for him then? Yep. You know, all these questions have – this is not about Mitch hates Russell Wilson. Yeah, okay? It's not even about John Schneider hates Russell Wilson. No, <laughs> right. it's about what is – what's the best road here now? You got to stop and take a good – and, and to, to answer that question – You've got to take a very honest look at yourself. What are you? Now, maybe people will say, Mitch, you got it all wrong. They're a 12-win team, and they're real close. They're real close. They just had a bad day against the Rams. They could have won 13 and been the number one seed, and they could have been Tampa. They could have been the team beating Kansas. They were really, they're real. yeah, let's just bring the team back. We can win it with this. If that's the case, then I would never trade Russell Wilson. Yeah. It would be almost impossible for me to – if I believe that, then I would never get rid of the franchise quarterback. I just don't believe that. Yeah. I don't believe that. I mean, can we also factor in – I know you said forget about Pete Carroll for now, but if, if, in, if in fact Russell and Pete are banging heads, do you want to bring that back? Is that gonna, how's that going to work out oh, I don't throughout think the that's season? I don't think that's a problem. You really don't? No. I don't think either one of those guys will allow that to be a problem. Okay. Well, I like the personalities of those two guys so much. And plus, it may be already smoothed over because Russell might like the offensive coordinator that he got. I, I don't think it's a problem. Okay. I think this is purely, this isn't about relationship. This isn't about who's pissed at who. This isn't about Russell Wilson wanting out. This is about the Seahawks taking a look at where they are as an organization trying to understand what the market is for this guy, for a team that really wants him, and then consider what it is we can do with the resources we have, lack of draft choices. They have four. Yeah. Four draft choices in seven rounds and no number one, and they are like a few hundred thousand dollars under the salary cap. So they've got really very little opportunity to bring free agents in. And they and couldn't even hire you with that. Well, <laughs> These days, maybe, but... Deshaun Watson is still a Texans quarterback. Carson Wentz got traded. Saw that, Since the yeah. last time you and I visited. Yep. A second and third round draft choice. They reunite him with his uh, his old offensive coordinator, who was Frank Reich. You remember him? Oh, boy. From Mar- the Buffalo Maryland? Yeah, correct. That I do. Very who, who doesn't Who doesn't watch sports? Very, very, <laughs> very Didn't good. he have the biggest college comeback and the biggest NFL comeback? Very good. I watched every play of that, very, that, that very Buffalo good. game in college in my dorm on a black and white. Where yes. is he now, Frank Reich? Frank Reich? Well, you just said. He's yeah, with the Colts. That's right. He's yeah, the head yeah, coach I, I listen, yeah. So Carson Wentz has been reunited with him. That means that Jalen Hurts is going to be the starting quarterback for the Eagles, and the Eagles are supposed to be terrible. The Carolina Panthers 
released three players on Friday alone to clear $29 million to make a run at a certain Houston Texans quarterback. They are serious business people. They are ready. Now, the Texans say, we're not trading to Sean Watson. We're not trading. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not listening. Right. But Carolina, as soon as they start listening, is going to make a phone call. And now it's being reported that my beloved Miami Dolphins, as soon as they say he's available, they will be on the phone with the uh, the Texans. Didn't Lock and Forrest say that they, eventually the, the Texans ownership group is going to say, what are we doing here? Let's 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 make this move. I mean, didn't is that kind of Lock and Forrest prediction that Watson's not going to retire and this is going to end ugly? They're eventually no. going to. That's what his they're going to move him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, unless he comes around and decides, I'll play, I'll play. I'm okay here. At this point, though, I feel better about you guys. People now. are people are I letting like go guys of guys. Now. It's like, come on, man, make I up like your you mind. Guys now, <laughs> do you know who Jamal Murray is? Yes, NBA. Yep, Denver Nugget yeah. guard, University of Kentucky product. Yeah, yeah. Did you see what he did the other night? No. Did something that no other NBA player in history has ever done. He scored 50 points without attempting a free throw. Not one. <laughs> Just three after three? Or? Threes and twos and threes and twos. Never Amazing. went to the line. It's never happened in the history of the NBA. Never. Never. Huh. Uh, one of my all-time, not all-time, one of my current favorite athletes, Naomi Osaka. Osaka, we've talked about her before, how yeah, much yeah. I love her. She won her fourth Grand Slam title at the Australian. Uh, the Joker, you were bringing him up just the other day. Djokovic, oh, Novak yeah. Djokovic. He uh, won his 18th major, his ninth Australian Open. Wow. I thought he was going to break his elbow smacking that racket onto the ground. Yes, you did. <laughs> I mean, he hit it so hard that you're going to injure yourself, but he ends up winning it. Well, he has another racket. I think they have a couple. Well, I was worried I about how his... they. I love how they bring out the thing with like 40 rackets <laughs> right, right. out to every match. It's like guitar players in bands. There's like 35 guitars Do on I stage. Do I really like, need 40 rackets? <laughs> Rick Wakeman on Yes has eight keyboards around him during a concert. <laughs> Don't they all make the same noise, for God's sakes? No, I thought he, he was going to break one. his elbow, man. He yeah. hit, Well, that's crazy. He went on yeah. to win it. Good for him. Yeah. Johnny Damon is in the news. Yeah, I got that. You got that for the last segment? Yeah, but go ahead. I mean, yeah. No, I'll leave it for the last really? segment. Really? Yeah. All right. Leave it for the last I segment. have a little, a little bit of, well, not news, but he and his wife have been on a reality show that I watch. Really? The wife that got, that got arrested for like assaulting the police officer from the back of the car? And from that from, wife? From what I've seen on the reality show, it's, it's on brand. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I couldn't Again, have been less surprised. Now, now you've got me with the sex tape talk. Now you've got me thinking that everything, all these DUIs and, and she got arrested because she wanted this exposure. She wanted TMZ to write that she was arrested for assaulting a cop and maybe that'll help her. Cur- now I'm all messed up. Now, <laughs> now I'm skeptical and cynical that all, all these things are just put on. She thinks God that saves. keeping up with the Damons will be the next TV show. Is, <laughs> that, is that what we're thinking? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if she took a swat at the cop, she's going to get become popular. She'll become a billionaire yeah, over that. I don't yeah, know. Who knows? Anyway. All right. Matt Stretch Johnson. Yes, I'm And then ready. you and me and other stuff. Let's do it. Okay. Look who's here. Jordan Flowers of the Kirkland office at Gill Mortgage. Jordan, it's great to have you back. Give us an overview on what's going on in your world. Thank you. The market is incredibly hot. 2021, interest rates are still low, and people are taking advantage of interest rates in the twos still. They're also getting pre-approved with us to win offers on buying a house with how hot the purchase market is as well. So if you're considering selling a house these days, this is a, a great time to do it. 
it's a fantastic time to be looking at selling your house. If you are considering selling, this is the optimal time to be doing it. You can reach out to our team if you don't have a trusted real estate professional. We work with a lot of top 1% brokers in the area. If you have a trusted real estate professional, I'd advise you reaching out to them if you are thinking about selling your house because the inventory is so low. We're seeing multiple offers, upwards of 20 to 30 bids per home and prices escalating 100, 200,000 over list right now in a lot of areas. For those of us that are thinking about refinancing and calling you and getting the numbers, how does how does inflation play a part of all this? Yeah, we saw a scare here the last week with rates starting to tick up with some concern about inflation, which is bad for long-term debt, so your bond market. We've had a kind of stabilizing and rebound a little bit. Rates are still in the high twos, but if you were thinking about giving us a call and just seeing if any numbers work, now would be the time to do it. Five or eight minutes on a phone call with either Jordan or a member of his team. We'll uh, let you know what the numbers are and whether it makes sense for you and your family. And the best phone number to reach you guys? Office line still 425-250-3145. And the cell phone's 425-890-2957. We love Jordan Flowers. We love the Kirkland Office of Guild Mortgage. Unfiltered. Burrito makes Plata and Beckerman miss. Eric Freeberg for the win. Pushes it. Game over. Eric Freeberg moves the Sounders back to the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open Cup. The Sounders come to Rio Tinto. Stunned RSL. Four Sounders in the box. Looking for Marshall. And he finds him. Chad Marshall. Great goal. That'll do it. Great set piece by Ladero. 81st minute. Chad Marshall knocks it home, and the Sounders will host Guadalajara. You know, I am fired up for our first guest. He's been a friend of mine for a long time, I think. He was one of those former co-workers who put up with me. He's avoided Mitch Unfiltered for two and a half years, despite regular invites. We've eaten countless tacos together. Tup Tim Tai. How many times have we been to Tup Tim Tai together, Matt Stretch Johnson? Uh, 86 minimum. <laughs> <laughs> 86 times, and, and Terry still took it every time. I mean, we gave Terry hell, and he just thought it was the funniest thing. Oh, 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 oh you just laugh at everything. Oh. And it was the same jokes. Oh. Yeah. We also, uh, we also had many trips. We went to the track together. We went to Super Bowls together. We were yeah. both scolded by the late Stuart Scott together. Oh. <laughs> 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 Let's not start there, but yes, I'd love to cover that. <laughs> he's, also, he's also the former voice, I'm sad to say former, of the Seattle Sounders. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, a proper introduction to Matthew Stretch Johnson, who makes it on episode 131. It took you 131 shows, Stretchy. Well, I, I thought I did well avoiding you, but I just, I, I, I had to stop and, you know, I had to finally come on and break, uh, break this streak. But yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm flattered. I'm flattered that, uh, I have an own little segment here. Yeah. Now, we are a full disclosure podcast after all of my personal failures, Stretchy. So we need to tell the audience before we start the ground rules that when I asked you to come on, 
you said to me, there's only one question you can't ask. <laughs> Which I, by the way. Am I single or am I married? No, that's yeah, not the question. No. I am, oh, gotcha. I am fully aware of the question that you've asked me not to ask. I have never, by the way, agreed to that with an interview in 30 years of doing <laughs> interviews. I have never agreed to not ask somebody a particular question, but I'm not going to ask it. I'm going to respect you. But now you've got to answer this question. What took you so long to come on? And if you say anything besides I was afraid of what my employer or my radio station or some other people in my world would have thought had I gone on with Mitchie, then I'm not going to believe you. Go. Your answer. You're up. Yeah, I couldn't come on. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what you want there. Uh, you're so... Boy, I have missed you. I can't believe I made it this <laughs> yeah i i don't know uh i i believe i was i was balancing that crazy political act of trying to stay employed and keep everybody happy i don't know i, I nor you know now as i look at it i don't even know if i care about that answer as in you, you know like i i, I don't know um oh. I think I had to play the uh, the balancing act of keeping people happy. I at no point. I'll tell you this: the honest to God truth is that nobody said no to me. Nobody said, "Yeah, don't do that. You can't do that." Nobody said so, that. So why do you think you couldn't? All. So why do you think you couldn't come on if nobody said, "Don't do that"? You, you want me to explain it? Do you think I need to explain <laughs> it to you? Because you sensed, okay, so you sensed that guy is, is no good. He's an old friend, but no, he's no good. Stop, stop it, stop it. Here's what I sensed is that the your former employer is still the uh, flagship station for the Seattle Sounders, okay? Oh. And so if I want to just kind of stay vanilla and be happy, go lucky, and what would you say, uh, cherry and nuts, it's, it's Christmas every day or whatever the hell that was, then, then I just lay low and uh, I wait until I'm unemployed and everything's hunky-dory, you know? <laughs> That's all it is. If, if, if one plus one, if it doesn't equal two and it equals seven, then I got an issue. Like, as, you know, it was tough not to confuse things. You're, oh. you're making it much more confusing. It was like, oh. hold on, those people and those people, why don't I just lay low and I'll join him at some point because he'll still be doing this and I'm not moving Seattle. You know, I'm not moving from Seattle. So we'll catch up. We'll catch up. So... <laughs> The curveball number one. So Good for why, you. Why? Why? Why didn't you just s send a text and say, you know, I'd love to, my friend, but I don't want to. I don't want to ruffle any. You never sent me that text. You never said, hey, Mitchie, I I'd love to. I'll do it after I get fired. Next sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't, you know, take this the right way. You're recalling this a lot clearer than me. Uh, I, I, uh, I don't know. Did I do the him and ha passive aggressive? Yeah, yeah, yeah you did. It's okay.
I love you anyway. I love you. Anyway. Well, no, you did come back with, well, when you can or something, you came back yeah, with a yeah, yeah. little snotty reply. <laughs> and I was like, God, I, I miss him so much. <laughs> okay. Let's go back because you know, there's a lot of people, I think that don't really know. They know who you are. They may know of me, but they don't know of our relationship. What oh, was stop your, when, it. You mean the other way around? Knock it off. When, when, was, when did we meet? You were working with the morning guys. You had a different nickname that was provided by Michael Knight in New York, Vinny. What do you remember uh, the beginning of the relationship of Stretchy and Mitch? Sure. Uh, I joined KJR as an intern in the summer of 96. Uh, my cousin was close, fast friends with New York Vinny, who had the night show from 7 to 10, and he was by himself by that point. And... I was very lucky. I just got out of this little trade school, little uh, broadcasting school in Spokane, slid right into New York Vinny's uh, internship. I was an intern for him. That was a huge break. I I still owe him for getting in because it was like two weeks after school had ended. And uh, after working for him, that show and my position dissolved, which uh, which was interesting to say the which, least. Which and mean, so I did. Which means you were allowed to do po- you were allowed to do podcasts after that. As many as I could find in 1997. Uh, and so, what? Literally, there were three people who wanted the job, but I worked midnight to six. So, what New York Vinny, I, I was working because you got paid eight bucks an hour in, in 96 or 97. I had to have another job and I'd worked for Fred Meyer for, boy, eight, nine years uh, as my regular job. And so I was the produce guy. And so Vinny, uh, in all his splendors, called me, started calling me Fruit Boy. And. And I just went with it because I was fresh into three months into the, hey, Fruit Boy's here. Johnny Pays No Attention. Johnny Pays No was there. (laughs) And uh, that was in the days of Pat Haller and the whole thing. And so I actually walked into the sports pit and Pat looks at me, goes, who are you? And I said, well, I'm Vinny's intern. He goes, all right, sit over there. You know, kind of like get away. (laughs) Even though Pat, Pat Haller was great to me. Don't get me wrong. And so he... Vinny, Vinny set me up and I started going down to the kingdom and doing Mariner reporting and getting players on and the whole thing that went away and I worked midnight to six. And then that one morning and everyone's like, Oh God, be careful. You got to run the board. Perfect. You know? And I was thinking, you know, from five thirty to six and I'm like, I'm making eight bucks an hour and I'm supposed to be nervous at five thirty for this guy that's coming in. <laughs> You know, I was like, someone else, okay, how about if I run it from 5 to, you know, from midnight to 5.30, and someone else can come in at 5.30 if this guy's so scary. And so then you walked in with the fish, and, and boy, it wasn't it wasn't Jimmy Shapiro at the time. I can't remember who it was. And they're like, who are you? And, you know, hit this button, hit this button, and you turn around, and I'm like, oh, God, another new guy. And it was about a, two days later, and you look at fish and just say, you know who that tall, goofy guy looks like, or whatever you said, and Fishman's like, what? And you said, he looks like Archie Bunker's buddy, Stretch Cunningham, down at the dock. (laughs) 
And I'm sound asleep, you know, so I worked from 2 to 11 at the produce department, then I worked midnight to 6, and by 5.45, I didn't think you were that funny. And <laughs> so, so I'm thinking, I watched All, All in the Family. Who the hell is he talking about? And you were like, yeah, Stretch Cunningham, Archie's buddy down at the docks. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you, the side story was Neil Scott, you named him the pro's pro. Yeah. Down at the kingdom, he said, Maddie, I love you. But you've got to get rid of that nickname if you want to make it in this business. <laughs> and I don't know if I've ever told that story, but Neil Scott, and I was thinking, uh, all right, I got to have a tough conversation with Vinny <laughs> because he thought it was, you know, Vinny, God bless him. And, you, and whenever you say God bless him, it's like, hey, with all due respect, you know something's coming up. Yeah. But God bless him, Vinny, that's a horrible nickname. And he thought it was oh. so cute. And oh, oh I wait said, a second, wait a second. You're talking, Neil Scott was talking about the fruit boy. Yes. Nickname. Oh, he wasn't, yes. not, he wasn't talking no. about stretch. Okay. No, okay. no. Okay. He's like, you got to get rid of, you know, down at the kingdom. He was my mentor. He was like, he, I would follow him around and get around Dave Oust and, and heavily <laughs> in the whole, you know, all this stuff. I didn't know what was going on. And, and he's like, yeah, you got to tell Vinny you got to get rid of fruit boy i mean how are you oh, going to make it in the business oh, okay All and right. then you yes you landed you put stretch on I me and i'm thinking boy there's so many worse names well, i'll take stretch and you, all of a sudden it was a smart stretch so, so you were I, I don't know that this is to be true but i i think i recall that you may have been wearing a hat that day and by the way for our listeners who don't know stretch cunningham down by the docks on archie bunker was played by an actor a, a terrific actor by the name of James Cromwell. He was in a million things. He was in, he's an award-winning actor. And immediately you struck me as, oh my God, (laughs) he's a young version of James Cromwell. He's Stretch. He, that funny guy, that funny guy, my my funny friend Stretch. He's a funny guy, that Stretch Cunningham, Archie used to say. And uh, you might've been wearing a hat because Stretch Cunningham on the show was always wearing a hat when he'd come by Archie Bunker's place. But when you went back and you watched, you didn't, I don't know if you knew who Stretch Cunningham was. I think you say you didn't. Uh, at some point, you saw the show with Stretch Cunningham, no? Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, no, I don't, I didn't recall it when you, when you came up. Well, you were Mr. Obscure Details. <laughs> you still are, but I mean, at the time, you were on your game. You were coming up with obscure stuff, and I'm like, can six o'clock get here any quicker? You know? <laughs> Let, let me get the hell out of here so I could take a nap. But no, then I saw him and I'm like, oh, yeah, big nose, slender, kind of a dorky looking head popping out and the whole no, thing. And no. well, I mean, you know, <laughs> Stretch Cunningham wasn't a good looking guy. I mean, he was just a, a great character actor. But and and, you know, if I recall, I was probably 40 pounds, if not more skinnier. So, yeah, I fit the bill. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I'll take that. And, uh, and Archie loved him, and you thought it was funny. And uh, it's not like it got me much airtime between 5.30 and 6 moving <laughs> forward, but it, it helped the cause. Have you ever not been known since as Stretch? Does everybody call you Stretch? Um, in the radio, I remember, oh, God bless my mother, when she was alive, she said, I, I think I'm going to call you Stretch. And I said, not if you want me to answer. <laughs> no, you you call me Matthew. You're not calling me Stretch. Oh, I think Stretch is so cute. And I said, no, I'm out. No. Oh, okay. But yeah, radio folks. Yeah, a bunch of people call me Stretch. Uh, I'll answer to a lot of things. Your email says Stretch on it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that was, yeah, that was a hastily put together <laughs> Gmail. Yeah, that was, you know, my sister-in-law got me an iPad and she goes, well, let's, let, we got to put this all together now. 
now because yeah. I'm so challenged as you yeah. figured out about 20 minutes ago. But yeah. Um, yeah. anyways, yeah, a lot of people call me stretch and I, I dig it. It's good. And Thank you. you. And we, Thank you. And we worked together for how long? Before the Seahawks stole, I was going to say the Seahawks stole you away. I, I guess I should better better phrased as the Seahawks saved your life. Uh. <laughs> well, they they just helped me with my counseling bills. Is really my counseling bills went way down. No, you and I, I I produced the morning show. Is how I like to say it. Uh, for two and a half years, I believe, from 2000, and, summer 2002-ish to 2005. And we used to do something called the Prediction Show. <laughs> that took a long time to bring up. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. How do I say it? I, I, we did this show at the end of every year. Mm-hmm. That was, it was an idea. Every idea that I ever had was stolen from somebody. This was stolen from Nightline 25 years ago when Ted Koppel was the host of Nightline. Mm-hmm. He used to do an end-of-the-year prediction show where he had three panelists, and they would predict what was going to come up and happen in the next year, non-sports. I think he had one sports guest. And then yeah. the following year, they'd come back, and they would grade. They would show you the highlights of what the, the panelists said the previous year. And they would grade them. And so I took that idea, and this became like a three-hour, four-hour extravaganza. But Stretch, somebody had to, had to go about the business of... <laughs> Of, Sorry, keep going. Yeah, of collecting last year's last year's show and editing, yeah. painfully editing hours and hours and hours, which I guess for two seasons fell upon your shoulders. Isn't that right? That is correct. That's very <laughs> accurate, Mitch. Uh, let's let's. Uh, I'll explain it from the producer side. So you would have Graz, Gas, Softy, and I think David Locke, who was an editor's nightmare, my, I, I believe. <laughs> And, and you would ask them awesome questions. You would ask them an hour and a half of questions. Well, so 360 days later, that show is replayed. And as a producer, David Locke says, San Antonio is going to win the NBA championship. And if he wins, if he's correct, then I play some stupid, stupid um, sound effect. Yeah. Sound effect. Thank you. And I would also have a voice. We uh, one year we had a gal that worked in the, in the building say San Antonio came in second. Final. You know their record was such and such. Anyways, and it, it was it was the worst week of my life. It, it, it was that show. That show is, and I joke, but I don't joke. That show is why I started having a bald spot, and that is why I have a, a significant bald spot and hair that has not come back, is the prediction show. Now, it was brilliant. It, it was really good, but I was not good at that stuff. I remember Matt Gask was good at that stuff. You had many producers that was good. I was decent, I thought, at getting guests and things like that sound effects crap and that that. <laughs> All that stuff, I was not. That was not my. That was not my forte. But yes. Yeah, so go ahead, tell the story. I don't tell the story. Well, you got to tell the story because it really comes from your perspective. I yeah. Guess one night. Yeah. Did, did I get a call, or did you not even call me, or something happened the no. night before? What What happened? Explain. Okay. So in year number two, the first year was so so. So Tyler Orsborn was our assistant. <laughs> And 
see. Wait, are we talking about Tyler Orsborn, the guy that I bought a car for and then he sold it? <laughs> that, now, that is some of the best radio we ever did. While I was on the show with Steve Sammeyer, Tyler Orsborn, you bought a truck from your friend, What? What? Uh, the, the dealership. Carol. Uh, Carol. Yeah. 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 Dodge. Yeah. Um, and you go out of your way. Tyler Orsborn lived in Timbuktu, as my mother would say. <laughs> he lived so far north and he was getting horrible gas mileage or he couldn't get there or his car broke down. So Mitch Levy buys a truck for the assistant that's making probably 16000 a year. A nice blue truck with a toolbox. And I'm looking down and I'm thinking... That's nicer than the car I drive the two miles to work. And it was, and, and we did a whole thing. I mean, there's Jack Carroll. There's the car. Look down, look down there on the road. And there's Sam Meyer thing on the road. And there's a bow on the car. And three months later, Tyler sells the car. <laughs> Wait a second. Wasn't there, sells the what, car. Wasn't there a story about him going down to buy a car with cash to Portland with his girlfriend, or am I making that up? And he, oh, no, that's another one, and then he got robbed. Didn't he, he got, get robbed? The, that's, he why, got, he, that's why I bought him the car. That's one of the, right. One of the reasons I felt terrible, he went down to Portland yep. with a bag of cash. Like yes. <laughs> he went down I-5 with a backpack of hundreds, and I think, <laughs> I think he broke down or he stopped at a cafe, and his car got ripped off. He got it all stolen, and I to this day, I believe that story and so you bought him a car he ends up selling the truck and buying dick fane's white acura off him (laughs) and 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 pocketing the money didn't even offer so sam meyer and he and myself i think on a day off that you weren't there we were grilling him like don't you feel like a little bit you should take the five eight hundred dollars and give it to mitch you know the money you 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 got twelve hundred for the for the truck. The Acura cost eight hundred. Don't you think you should give seven hundred to Mitch? And he thought we were nuts. And <laughs> Sam Meyer was just blasting him for selling a car that car, he was giving. Him. Since when do cars cost five hundred? He, he bought well, he bought Dick Fink's car for five hundred dollars. I, I just wanted to do easy money. Maybe it was twenty five hundred, and your your truck got him three grand. Okay. But Sam Meyer right, blasted him back. for selling hold him. Up, hold on. Just the beginning with my buddy, Matt Stretch Johnson. We'll get back to that interview in a second. Okay, round two time. Make Mitch look silly with investment trivia. Here's Katie Versio, a senior financial planner of Evergreen Golf Call. Hi, Katie. I think I was one and a half out of three last time, something like that, 50%. Yes. Hi, Mitch. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to see how you do this time. Okay, question one, go. So we've all seen GameStop in the news. Which of the following is correct regarding short selling? Unlimited upside. Two, there's unlimited downside. It generates an income stream or it hedges your position. Well, because Jeff Dix of Evergreen Golf Call was on a recent show, I know the answer to this. It can go up, up and away. It could go up as high as it wants to go. So there's unlimited downside because when Mm -hmm. you short a stock, you're rooting for it to go down and it could go up forever. That's right. Yes. So you're correct. It's number two. There's unlimited downside. So that's why it can be so dangerous because it's unlike if you were to just buy a stock, what we'd call long, where you know the price can't go below zero. All right. I'm one for one. Okay. So with tax season coming up, individuals need to remember to make their IRA contributions for 2020 before April 15th. 
So for individuals that are under the age of 50, what's the maximum that you can contribute? Is it $10,000, $6,000, $19,000, or $1,000? Yeah, I know the answer to this. For many, many years, even though I'm now over the age of 50, my accountant every year in April would tell me to make this contribution to my IRA, and I would grumble. But I did it, and it was $6,000 every year. Correct. Uh, yeah, you're two for two here. It's important to remember to make those ongoing contributions. I know it can be a little bit of a pain, but you get a little bit of a break because you've got until April 15th of the next year to make them. And if you're over the age of 50, you actually get another $1,000, so you can contribute up to $7,000. Two for two. I'm going for the clean sweep, Katie. Okay, so 2020 was obviously a very turbulent year. Uh, what was economic growth for the year as measured by GDP? Was it zero or flat on the year? Was it negative three and a half percent? Was it negative 6.2% or was it up 1%? Gross domestic product, right? That's right. I'm going to go down 6%. It was a bad year. Oof, so actually, uh, you got that one incorrect. The correct answer is actually two, negative 3.5%. You know, we saw some of the sharpest decline in GDP back in the spring, in March and April, but the second half of the year actually rebounded quite a bit. So that's why it's not down as much as it could have been. Well, two for three. In my second go around, I'm still going up. I'm going three for three the next time. She's Katie Versio, and she's a senior financial planner with Evergreen Golf Call, a premier wealth manager in the Northwest. Unfiltered. Three on two developing, though Magnus Ikram holds it up. He might go to his left. He's got Lamar Nagel. Instead, it's just Dempsey. Back to Ikram. Ikram! Magnus Ikram has changed his game. Now he's sealed it in the 84th from Clint Dempsey. Magnus Ikram is getting some fans on his back. So back to a super fun conversation with my dear friend of 20, 25 years and my former producer, Matthew Stretch johnson and the prediction show go back so yeah it's, it's the night before yeah yeah the prediction yeah yeah prediction show so we've been working on it uh instead of matt stretch johnson it should be matt uh procrastination johnson so you should be working on this prediction show for about a month and if you do it for a month it's easy you lay it all together it's better obviously and so we've got so much work the last two nights and the night before the show on on my mother's bible the night before the show the whole system crashes we lose everything oh. and i mean we lose hours of work <laughs> everything it's gone it's absolutely gone and i have to make two phone calls and i'm not sure which one i did first <laughs> i had to make one phone call to rich moore and i had to make one phone call to mitch levy <laughs> and so i opted for rich i opted for purple street first uh. and i call him and i say i am not joking We've lost everything. We've lost it all. I mean, it's all, it's zero. It's flatlined. And he said, well, call Mitch. And I think I tried to say like, well, can you call Mitch? <laughs> and, and he said, well, you got to call Mitch. And so I called you at three in the morning uh. and I, I thought you picked up and I said, uh, I, you won't believe this. And I remember, and you said, well, you have to book a show. And I had like three hours to book a You know, it's three in the morning. And I'm thinking, okay, well, we got to call back east. I, and you said, 
Well, call all the guys, call gassing. Oh, I said, I'm not calling them at six, at three in the morning. And we got in this little discussion about how we're going to operate. Anyways, the long, the short story is we got another week. You were pissed off. You walked in. You didn't even look at me for four hours from six to 10 a.m. You were pissed. I had, you know, we had another week to do it. But evidently, someone saw me in the corner. The joke is someone saw me in the corner in the fetal position. <laughs> And it was, it was, I, I couldn't believe that I was there at three in the morning. I couldn't believe that the, the system broke down and everything went to hell and we had to start completely all over again. And I, I know I didn't shed tears, but I was in the fetal position at three 30 in the morning. So it wasn't the next day show. So we yeah, had- yeah, yeah. That was Thursday night. So Friday we had nothing. Oh. And I told you, we don't have any book, you know, we'll make it, the schnoz. We'll make it an hour long. Yeah. yeah well, it was, hours, but the- it was an hour long anyway, because I, it was one question. Yeah. It was an hour long. All it took was one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The schnoz never stayed to the clock, but that's a, that's another segment. You're like, dude, we got an 805 guest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we lost that guest. Um, but, but, uh, so y- there was no guests, no, nothing you weren't prepared as you shouldn't be you were prepared for a prediction show i called everybody i said hey any of these guys will come in no no nobody comes in it's you me and tyler and uh it Uh, wasn't the best show and so we got another week and i still wasn't ready it it still wasn't it wasn't as good as it could have been i hated the prediction show (laughs) oh i hated it to this date oh just and it was good in concept but i was no good at that stuff and Anyways, okay. and yeah, I was in the fetal position and a lot of people laughed about that. And I just kept flipping everybody off who, who brought that up to me. I hated that show. Here's one for you, Stretch. Do you remember the morning before I went and ruptured my Achilles tendon? Uh, well, I don't know. if <laughs> I remember what that all meant. I don't remember the morning of. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell a story, and and oh you may God. you may or may not. I, I I would think you'll remember it as I tell it. Sure. Sure. I w- I had decided to play in a basketball game at noon in Bellevue. <clears throat> it was the first basketball game that I had pl- like an organized basketball game that I had played in in years and years and years. And yeah. I said to you during the morning show that morning during the commercial break, Stretchy, I I swear I'm gonna I'm gonna tear my Achilles. And you started giving me stretches. Do you not? Stretch started giving me stretches. Do you not recall? From your soccer playing days. You had me out of the bullpen. Yeah. And you were giving me these different things that you wanted me to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does ring a bell. It rings a bell. Just before I would go play basketball. You said, I want you to get on the sideline. And you had me. I can't even remember some of the, the different uh, drills that you wanted me, the different stretches that you wanted me to do. <laughs> because you were a, a soccer player oh, maven at that particular point in your life. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and I, I learned. And we went through this for about a half hour in the bullpen. You're telling me, I want you to do this. And then I want you to do that. And you're going to be fine. Don't. And I go over there and I do exactly what you told me to do. And within 13 seconds of checking into the game, bang, my Achilles Mm. ruptures. Mm. And I'm in the hospital and getting surgery a couple of days. In fact, Rich Moore, the aforementioned Rich Moore, Purple Sheep Moore, this was right before the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Down in Jacksonville. And I, so I, I, I tell Rich Moore, I said, listen, I've ruptured my Achilles tendon. 
I've got to wait for the swelling to go down, and then I got to have surgery, and I was going to have surgery. And he says, well, we still expect you to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> I said, hold on a second. Wait a second. You expect me with a ruptured Achilles tendon before surgery to go down to the su- – yep. We ex- we've made too many plans. We've got all this, all these plans laid out for you. We've got the location at Radio Row. We've got yeah. the hotels. You got to still go. I'm, I'm assuming you're. Saying, I said no. I'm. I'm. I've ruptured my Achilles tendon. I can't, I'm like. I can't even. I'm not even on crutches. I can't. Crutches would be a good thing at this point. So he was very disappointed. Very, very disappointed <laughs> that I canceled my Radio Row appearance that year, that I ruptured my Achilles tendon and had surgery scheduled. And the, the P.S. to that story is, guess who ruptured their Achilles tendon a couple of yeah. years later? <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it sounds like I helped rupture it. And so you wouldn't go to Jacksonville. And then I had an easy week with Softy and Ray Roberts, I believe. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was an easy, but we had, but, but there were some, yeah, that was bad. Um, I don't think you did the stretches, um, appropriately. Yeah. yeah, And properly. Yeah. (laughs) And because I never hurt my knee or Achilles in uh, playing soccer. Now I did get a new hip uh, about two years ago, which, yeah, which kind of makes you feel old, but boy, the pain is gone. Wow. Um, yeah, new hip is is fantastic. I didn't know that. I didn't know mm. that. I didn't know a few things. I got caught up a yeah. little bit before we started on a few things that I didn't know. So yeah. let's go back to the soccer thing because I loved you. I loved you no matter what the relationship was in terms of our work. We we got by that and we had fun. We did things together. We went, as I say, we went to dinners and lunches and tracks. and Daniel's where you grilled the poor waitress about the past <laughs> of, of Daniel's where I <laughs> will just leave it at that. That's, that's uh, one of my high. We went to Emerald Downs yeah. and you were like, all right, now where do you get these three? And I'm like, I'm, gee, I'm just taking it off these other people. And then you box them all together. Then we went to Daniel's. We howled. And then we went to da- Daniel's and I think I almost went my pants i was laughing so hard at daniels uh, we might have been asked to quiet down or something like that oh, but but we were asked to quiet down by the late Stuart scott when we, uh, were, yeah. we were howling we were known to laugh a lot when we would go out we would well we liked you know, outside of work we liked each other's company and we start laughing and milk started coming out of each other's <laughs> noses we would laugh at silly stuff but but we had a good time uh, yeah, there were there were uh, Mariner games. I think we drove the people in nuts in front of us at a Mariner game a couple times. Uh, yeah, there were many events. But yeah, go back, go back if you need to. There, where, 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 where we at? Well, we'll co- we'll come back to the soccer. Where, where were we? Were we in Houston, Texas? When uh, absolutely, when uh, absolutely, Stuart Scott got mad at us, right? Absolutely. That was a great week. I I remember there was one of those weeks and and this is producer talk, but all of a sudden it's Lynn Swan and Franco Harris and Roger Staubach and we were getting guests and we were booking. I mean, we were just packing the show. So and let's let's be honest, you were in a good mood because the shows were getting packed. Sam Meyer and I were just wasn't Sandy down there. or No, I don't think the day that I don't think the Houston trip he was on. I may be wrong because you and I were eating breakfast in a yeah uh, yeah when when he, oh he he was he was on that trip but he didn't do as much with us because you and I went to the dog track we went down to oh. Galveston didn't we <laughs> yes the we dog did. track and you said you you were so sweet you said you know what stretchy it's fifty cent beer night 
you drink tonight, I'll drink tomorrow, which meant a couple of glasses of wine. But for me, 50 cent beer night at that dog track was a hoot. And, and uh, also the, the, the flight attendants, there was a story with the flight attendants, uh, with myself, that is. Um, yeah, it didn't go very well. But anyways, uh, you and I are having breakfast. No, it was lunch. I'll tell you why it was lunch, because I was just on Dave Grosby's show. So if you and I were to go down to the Super Bowl, and Sandy was too, everyone would jump on another show. You would be on Softy, Sandy was on Gas or whatever, and I was on Grosby's show, and Gros and I always giggled a lot, and he said, so what are you doing tonight? What, what, you know, I don't care about who's down there, but what are you doing tonight, Stretch? And I said, you know what, Dave? We're going to the dog track tonight. <laughs> He said, are you kidding? He said, I grew up some. He goes, look out for the little doggy wipeout. Yes, on the first turn. The on, the first turn. on the first turn. Be- yeah. Yep. The, don't take an inside dog because he'll wipe out the rest of the dogs. And I can remember on the air with him back in. He's back in Seattle. I'm in Houston and I'm on a payphone, and I'm screaming, laughing. And I mean, I'm screaming, laughing. And he's and he starts laughing because I'm laughing so hard. He goes, what's so funny? I said, I've never heard of the little doggy wipeout. And he goes, I'm being dead serious. Don't take the inside dogs. And so I come back and you've got a clubhouse sandwich or whatever, and I've got a BLT and we're sitting there eating and I've got tears running down my eyes. And you said, what the hell is wrong with you? (laughs) And I said, Dave Grosby just made me scream. And you're like, oh gosh, what? And you're eating your lunch and you've got a big tall milk. I'll never forget you had a glass of milk with you. And I've got my BLT. And I said, well, he told us tonight to look out for the big, uh, for the little doggy wipeout. And you lost it. You lost it. And I lose it again. And again, I am not, I'm not joking. Milk came out your nose. You were swallowing milk. It went through and out your nose and I lost it completely. I fell out of the booth. And all of a sudden we hear this, Hey, and I'm thinking it's security. I'm thinking, I mean, we were that loud and it's one in the afternoon. So it's not like we're drunk. It's just a, it's a, a cafe next to the convention center. Cause that's where we were doing the shows. And all of a sudden it was again, it was, Hey, and I looked to my right and it's Stuart Scott. And I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's with two ladies and he says, what's so funny? <laughs> like he was going to fight us. Like he was pissed and we're screaming about something really funny and I couldn't believe all of a sudden I felt like I was in the principal's office as a sophomore in high school. I said, well, I was, and I pathetically go through the whole story. I was just on a radio show and a guy made me laugh and I'm telling my buddy what made me laugh and we're both laughing. Dead silence. And he's looking at me and I had, I didn't, I'm still pissed to this day. I didn't say can you do me a favor and mind your own business, Uh, you know, or something? And he goes, well, can you keep it down? And it was one of those things. We both were in such shock (laughs) that two sarcastic human beings couldn't come back with anything. Uh 
that we thought about it for for an hour afterwards of like, you know what we should have said? We're laughing at your career, man. You know, and all this stuff. And I, I couldn't believe that Stuart Scott cared that. I mean, it was it was a loud restaurant too. It wasn't formal dining, you know. <laughs> Glasses of milk with a BLT, you know. Oh, so, God. but I couldn't believe. Yeah, I, I still to this day can remember that that booming voice. Yeah. And I thought I was I was getting in trouble, and yeah. it was well, well, anyways. You were, you were getting in trouble. Yeah. yeah. And so fast forward, you had left. So Friday evening, Friday afternoon, like a petty little individual I was at the time, exhausted on a Friday, he's on a cell phone outside the convention, at the, uh, outside the convention center. I don't know if I ever told you this. And he's standing there on his cell phone, his fancy cell phone in 2003. <laughs> and I said, I came up right next to him. I said, can you? <laughs> you know, and I thought, well, that was petty, but he deserved it. You broke up. What did you say? What did you say? Oh, I said, I, I, I screamed, can you hear me now? <laughs> you know, I, I just yelled at him because I was, I just wasn't over it. I guess oh. still 2021, I'm still gosh, not over it, but, gosh. but that was a fun week. It was a fun Plus week. we got to sleep in. Remember San Diego, that was early. Oh. And you and I went to another couple dinners and stayed out a little late for me anyways. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. that was a fun, that was, and, but we got that that was when you taught me no stretchy we don't go to the game we're exhausted then we get the heck out of town oh yeah and yeah i, I never, think that yeah, yeah i would never go no to that yeah, yeah. no that friday evening i flew straight to vegas and met three friends yeah. i believe yeah so anyways oh uh, yeah good go, stuff going back to soccer you always loved soccer you were the guy and i didn't know much about it i didn't have any feelings about it i didn't grow up around soccer i didn't grow up playing that my friends didn't play where i came from you always yeah. were the guy what i loved about you was you not only really had a passion for soccer and you would leave us for two weeks every couple of years to go to the world cup you'd go to faraway places with your brother and, yeah. and travel the world to follow <clears throat> soccer. But you weren't a guy who tried to push it on me. It was almost, it was very interesting. You really laid back in the weeds. You understood that some people just don't like soccer. Kind of the way I feel about people with golf. I don't try to push golf on, right. on people. But, you know, soccer fans traditionally are not like you. They're a little sensey poo about people who don't like soccer, who giggle about soccer. You were never like that. Well, I never, I never understood why they were sensitive. You know, I mean, a game, a great game at nil, nil zero, zero, I can't sell to my non-soccer friends. And, and I always got that. Like, I get it. I, I never understood the people that would argue and, and be so combative of you don't like it or it's ballet on turf and yeah, whatever. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Uh, less tickets for me to try to buy around. And, you know, I mean, I, I just didn't get it. So uh, I always told the story that growing up in, in Shoreline, growing up in Seattle, when you were five, everyone played at five and you either stuck with it or you played a couple of years and you quit. Well, my brother and I played for 45 plus years 40 years you know and that's probably why i needed a new hip my brother still plays he referees at a high level mm -hmm. he referees college games and and we just got into it he was he was exceptional and i was pretty good and to your point about the world cup in 94 we went down uh my cousins were in la we were lucky enough to go to the semifinals in the finals and the smarter brother leans over to the hungover brother which was me on the way home on monday and he taps my shoulder and i'm out of it and i'll never i was leaning up against the window and he taps my shoulder and he just says why don't we just do this every four years and i remember looking at him and i went 
okay. And um, that's how it started. And so since then, I think I've, I've been to seven World Cups. Wow. Um, and Amazing. it's been a great, yeah, it's been a great Amazing. excuse to also go to museums and go see history and go, you know, go into old Germany, East Germany and talk to people that were behind the wall and and go to Korea and, and South Africa and I could name them all. And it was, it's Fantastic. been Yes. And it's, that's been a great excuse, but soccer. And then with the Seahawks and the Sounders joining together, it was a dream for my career to be involved. Um, because at the beginning it was, um, the Sounders with the Seahawks. And so I was very involved from the very beginning. And so that was exciting. And then I heard what year did you become the play by play voice of the Sounders? What year was that? Uh, 2016. Okay. Yeah. 2016. So, so just before my issues, I found out, I read, or somebody tells me, mm. Matt Stretch Johnson is going to be the play-by-play -play voice mm. of the Sounders. And I had two immediate reactions. <laughs> well, I, and I don't want you to take offense to the one, because I don't re I, I, if I want to offend Go you. Go ahead, I'll just say you. it. I'll tell, I already, you, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you if I want to offend you, because I don't. My first okay. reaction was, oh, my God. Match made in heaven. This guy that I've known for so long who loves, loves, loves soccer and runs around the world and is very knowledgeable about it, but not pushy about it. My friend Matt Stretch Johnson is going to be the play-by-play -play <clears throat> voice of the Seattle Sounders. That's amazing. I, I can't think of a, of a more dreamy job for him unless he got some job at some European soccer or football team. And I, I just couldn't believe how perfect <clears throat> the match was. And how happy and proud of you I was. But then the other, mm -hmm. the other thing was, why are they hiring Matt Stretch Johnson? I mean, what, what is, what is he? This is like hiring an avid soccer fan. I didn't know you either had aspirations to be a play-by-play -play guy. I had never heard you do play-by-play. -play. Uh, it was just strange. It was a strange thing that they would yeah. come to you and let you do this. Yeah, um, I've received a couple great phone calls in my career. One was from the Seahawks and, and joining the NFL and, and working for the Seahawks was wonderful, amazing. And then two, the, the Sounders called Who was called that in. call from? <laughs> Who was that was call fr from? It was from Dave Pearson, Mitch. And what were you, yes. do what were you doing at the time when he called you? Were you, I was in the were you producing the prediction show when he called I was you? In the I was in the fetal position <laughs> and I could barely pick up the phone call because I was unconscious in the corner of the production studio uh yeah uh, yeah okay. and that's another side story is you and i uh, those last couple weeks together that i'm glad we're still friends after those last couple weeks i love you so what happens when a dude who's never done play-by-play -play in his life gets asked to do the seattle sounders we'll get that answer from matt stretch johnson in a moment Hey, Zeke's Pizza continues to grow. New locations popping up, and now we're allowed back in the restaurants at 25%. Here's Dapper Dan Black. Hi, Dan. Hey, Mitch. I'm sure you can hear the excitement in my voice over the new nickname. <laughs> it's not so new. Dining rooms <laughs> opening is really good for lots of reasons more than just selling pizza and beer, right? That's right. Of course, selling beer and pizza is great. But the psychological boost and just the sense of potentially a light at the end of the tunnel here a little bit, I think that's the main thing with having dining rooms be back open. It certainly gives our crew a bit of a lift to see some faces that haven't been around for a while come back in. But then for our customers too, going out to a restaurant is a sign of normalcy. And 
And even if it's only at 25% capacity right now, like I say, I think it's a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, and, and it's just it's a good psychological boost for everybody. Does pizza and beer delivery actually decrease, Dan, when we open up all the restaurants and all the options for diners? It does go down a little bit, both in terms of people coming into our dining rooms, but then also more restaurants just being open. But I'll tell you, we're unequivocally in the mindset of it's better for us, it's better for everybody to have dining rooms be open and heading back towards normal. And so what, what we lose on takeout and delivery is more than made up for, uh, like I say, is dining rooms coming back. So Kenmore near City Hall is number 18. Tell us about 19, 20, I'm hearing about a 21st location. Yeah, actually, we've, I've signed a couple deals since the last time we talked. We've talked about, again, Kenmore being open, Mill Creek and Mount Lake Terrace being in in the pipeline. Uh, signed, a, like I say, a couple more deals. And so you can add Burien, White Center, and Seward Park onto the list. And then, nice. like I say, there's there's two or three more coming soon. Some deals are signed. I'm just not ready to announce them yet. Superb. Download the app, the Zeke's Pizza app. Order. Visit them on the web at Zeke'sPizza.com. Have some pizza and beer delivered to your door or visit them at one of the 18, soon to be 19, 20, 21, 22 locations. We love Zeke's Pizza, homegrown in the Northwest. Unfiltered. Anticipation of a great set piece by the man from Uruguay, Nico Ladero. Over it. Goes for goal! Oh, back of the net! Nico Dodero instead goes for goal. Beats Chris Seitz near post. And Ladero goes over and celebrates with the traveling fans. Nico Ladero won FC Dallas Neal in the 41st. Oh my, what a goal. Continuing on with my dear friend Matt Stretch Johnson, who also spent four or five years as the voice of the Seattle Sounders, having never done play-by-play in his life. I got a phone call late uh, late in 2015 that they were going in a different direction. They wanted a Seattle voice with, um, you know, born and raised. And, and I'd been going to, we'd gone to Sounder games in, in the 70s and 80s in the Kingdom and Memorial Stadium. And I'm from here. So being soccer fans, we went to all the games early on. And so... I I was just I was shocked and I literally I think I, I didn't do very well for my own leverage when I said, you know, I've never done play by play. And so I think I <clears throat> I lost a few dollars there and I learned a few <laughs> things. But no, I, I said to I said to this gentleman that I said, I don't have any play by play. I'm I'm so flattered, but I don't have any play by play experience. And they said we realize that we we were aware of that, but we want to put you in. We'll sign you to a multi-year contract, and <laughs> you you just swear. So, so we'll what, we'll what, do. What, a, what if a few. you could, what if you couldn't do it? How, how did they know that you could do it? I mean, you obviously did it and did it very well, but what could, this is well. I think I, I, yeah. I I, I think I, after the first year, I think they probably said, "Boy, he can't do it." <laughs> I thought, I thought three months in, what the hell? I got three more years of this. I, I mean, I'm dying here, man, um, because it, it took a while to get a shtick. It, it took a while to get a tempo, to get the words that you use, um, to bounce off. To, you know, your your. I had three, four. I still in the last year I had three, four co-hosts that that I would use, but you get used to them, and and so after a while, you know, you just. 
you get comfortable, but you know, the first month I was like, holy macro, I'm not listening to that tape, you know, no way. But all joking aside, it got better and, and, and you just move forward and you grow and, and you, you know, it was, I ended up doing five years, um, when 2016, we went to four championships. So in 2016, there I am my first year and we're in the MLS cup in, in Toronto, we went on penalty kicks. So it was super dreamy and, and you just, you just get better. Uh, I thought I continued to get better and, and it was wonderful. It was a wonderful, wonderful five years. So were you surprised when it ended? Yeah, I, I'd say surprised. Uh, I, yeah, I'd say surprised on the other side of things that it's radio. So if they want to go in a different direction, I have one thing. I have zero bitterness. I mean, it's radio. It, it's I just kept telling people who wanted to be more upset than I was that that this is radio. They wanted to go in a different direction. I accept it. That's kind of what I think we all signed up for. You, it's not the first person to lose their job in the radio business, not in the last six months because of the economy and everything. And so, you know, I, Hey, thanks for the opportunity. You, you know, I wish you well, good luck. And, and, you know, I'll go to sounder games next year. And, and I mean that genuinely that, that, yeah, I was surprised. I was a bit shocked. I, I, thought, huh, okay. I thought, especially after we, we learned, that's the word I use. We learned how to do them off a of TV, off the games, off a of TV. Cause you weren't going to be, I wasn't going to travel to Portland, right? With COVID. So we would have large screens and we'd call games off TVs. And I thought, you know, after some bumps in the road that you'll learn how to do that. And it was economical. So I thought that's where the future was, but it's not the decision they made. And I said, thank you. And that was it. And so here we are a couple months in. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm gardening and walking and golfing. <laughs> the, the funny part about this is you didn't give the actual answer. You didn't give the genuine answer of what your first reaction is when you heard that you weren't doing it any longer. <laughs> I can go on Mitch Unfiltered now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got so many things I can open up about. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> That's exact. My boss, uh, my ex boss, my boss that gave me the news was incredibly professional and, and delivered it as well as he could. And I looked him in the eye and we were down having coffee at Green Lake. And I said, I'm calling Mitch on Monday. <laughs> so he said, I don't know what that means, but I said, I'm really busy. I got to get going. And then. So now so anyways, what, Stretchy? But, Are you okay? Yeah. You know, um, I think being in the sports business for as long as we have been, um, I said, all right, cause I'm an antsy guy as much as I try to play it down. So I said, all right, don't jump at things. Don't get nervous. Keep your mind open until the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like the, the sports world kind of goes into the Super Bowl and then there's a lull. And so I've kind of been really going at it and putting things together for the last 10 days to two weeks. But, you know, December, January, I let myself relax and chill and, and you know, take time off and, and do things like that. But but am I OK? I'm very OK. Uh, you know, the other side story is is I joke about it and it's nothing to joke about. But I had covid in November and I lost my job. I'm like every I'm like millions of people. Right. I'm there's no special part about me. I am just like everybody else. So here I am 
trying to find either a new path or, you know, reinvent myself or go get a part-time job. So many people have been flattered by how many people have reached out with genuine little opportunities and people in the business. You know, that's another thing I'd love to tell you is that everybody I worked with at KJR, everybody on air has reached out. You know, Dave Grosby reached out to me personally, Mike Gastineau, yourself, you sent me a note, Dave Mahler, Ian Fernand, all these guys reached out to me and said, hey, how are you doing? How are you? How are you doing? Chris Egan, you know, guys in the sports business, Chris Francis, it was flattering. You know, I, I wanted to ask them each for five bucks, obviously, <laughs> but but everyone's like, how are you doing? And I, and I found that uh, to be touching, but really, I'm fine. Everything's fine. You know, I'm fine. I got my health. And like I said, I, I walk a lot and I eat, I eat a little better and I'm cool. Everything's cool. You know, I hate to talk in third person, but stretch will be just fine. You know, everything's cool. Tell, tell all those guys <laughs> when you text them back that I'm doing okay too. Hey, listen, <laughs> Ah, I can't see. <laughs> Woo! Well, we all, you know, uh, how we all, I, I don't know. Da, da, da. How was the COVID experience? Outside, uh, I'll tell you, I didn't use the word humbling. Being let go is humbling outside of being let go. It's very humbling. I had it mellow and it still kicked my butt. So being quarantined is extremely humbling. My cousins who helped me out, um, I, I made a move about a year and a half ago. I moved in with my father to help him out. I take care of my dad up here in Shoreline. And so to have a couple cousins and my neighbors drop off dinners, lunches and dinners on the front porch and back porch, I, I could get emotional talking about it. How people, you know, when it hits the fan, people look out for people. You know, 99% of everybody out there are really good people. And I was blessed to have people help me and take take care of me and but to go out to the get the mail and that be a big big part of your day it was very humbling it shuts you down i i i had fatigue and i slept 16 17 hours a day and and i can't believe what people have gone through and and all the folks that we've lost it's just it's horrific and and so when i say i had it i had it mellow and it still kicked my butt i had no symptoms that were um, life-threatening. My lungs weren't in bad shape. I'd wake up at 9 a.m. and at about 2, I'd read and all of a sudden it'd be 7 o'clock. And that's not me. I'm full of energy. And and then I'd go to bed at 9 and get up at 9 a.m. And it was just like, oh my gosh. And Groundhog's Day, you do it again and you don't want... My father has cancer. And so the big challenge here is that I had to be in the other room and shut the door and you know, I believe that if he were to get it, it would doom him. And so that was a major part. And, and working with some doctors, like you can't give this to your father. If your father, get, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. And so we had a little system if I had to use a bathroom and that's what you did. And so it is life and death. And, and, and I was fortunate enough and my brother, my father tested negative three times. And, and now he's one, you know, he's got one of the vaccines. We go get another vaccine in another two weeks. And so, you know, I'm just waiting for America to open back up because this has been, you know, obviously a period we'll never forget. This has been where you were. I remember it was a Thursday and the plane plane to Houston got canceled and we're thinking, really? And then the season gets changed. You know, we didn't we didn't know what we didn't know in March. And so um, I was extremely careful. Doctor, I had a couple of doctors try to trace it and and I was extremely 
extremely careful because I couldn't bring it home and I still got it. And, mm. you know, did I get it at the store? Did I get it at the coffee shop? That's the only places I went. I never went without a mask. Obviously I didn't go to bars. I didn't go to gatherings and I still got it. And I thought wow. that's when I respected this virus. That's, that's when I was in full blown respect to this virus is that I'm walking around doing what I needed to do. And, and many people got it and they still did what they needed to do. And, and I picked it up and it was humbling because then you have to call. I went golfing on the Monday. I was, I was, I tested positive on Friday. I had to call four five, six people and, you know, feel that I put them at risk. And that is, man, I had to make two phone calls that I was just a nervous wreck. It was almost like I was telling a guy that I was quitting the morning show and I was moving to the Seahawks. It was, it was that bad. It was this phone call I had to make. It was, I couldn't put it off. I had to call him and say, Hey, listen, I've, and you just blurted out. It, it reminded me of Moneyball, where you say, he tells the kid, no, you go in there and tell him you're traded. So I got on the phone. I said, I got to tell you, I tested positive. And it was just silence. And it was like, all right, I'll go get tested tomorrow. I said, I'm so sorry. Well, you didn't know, but I wore a mask that day golfing and he didn't get it. And nobody around me got it. Good. And so, Good. but yeah, exactly. But it's very humbling having to call people and, and say, cause there's also, I found I, you know, then there's a little stigma like, Oh, stretchy, you weren't responsible. And I was really responsible and you're fighting that. Oh, huh. Okay. And I was like, Oh, well I, I was, but stretch. Yeah. How old are you? I I'm 52. I'll be 53 in June. You uh, moved in with your dad. Yeah. At 51 or 52 years old. What a great son you are. Well, thank you. I, I don't look at it like that. I look at, thank you. I, I look at it that he needed some help. Um, some simple things came up that really, really, really stressed him out that I knew I could handle, uh, that I could easily handle. And so my goal was to take the stress out of his life. Cancer doc, oncologists, urologists, they're all great people. They're, they're amazing people. And so you end up having the doctor cell numbers and the, his assistant cell numbers and the, the secretary cell numbers. And so when you collect all these, just like, just like as a morning producer, you're rolling decks you know you can call them directly of hey we've got an issue uh, there's something blocking and i need to come in in an hour and a half yeah absolutely come on in and those at 81 82 those are monumental phone calls to make and at 50 51 they aren't there this is what has to happen we've got to do this and and so i thought I'm at a time in my life and I was at a, at a point in my life and I said to my brother, Hey, I'm thinking about moving in. He goes, Oh my gosh, really? He goes, well, you get the support, the support of my family, whatever you need. And, and that's how it is. It kind of takes a little village. And my dad is, he can't move around as well, but he's still got a sense of humor. He's funny as heck. He's ornery, uh, but he's always in good spirits. And, and I'm really happy to be here. There's, at first, there was a little more wine being drunk. Uh, but um, but in all, uh, all joking aside, it's it's a move I don't regret. I'm glad I did it, and I'm really happy to help. Wow. So wow. I told you earlier, so these things happened. There was a bunch of things I had 
this was a year and a half ago. So I was stressed out about a next contract. My cat, good old Scratchy, was diagnosed with a little cancer. Scratchy. Scratchy. Didn't we get <laughs> didn't we get Scratchy some some help on our morning show at one point? Yeah, she yes. Uh Scratchy went flying. Scratchy wasn't the brightest bulb. Scratchy went flying across the kitchen table trying to get a seagull that was outside, <laughs> and she broke her leg. And she broke it in half. I mean, she broke it so cleanly that these vets were like, oh, this is no problem, but it's going to cost you $1,700 cash. And I thought, I, I don't have that money. <laughs> I don't have that money. I don't have that money. So we, we, one morning I came in looking like hell. I remember I was wearing red sweats and an old dirty t-shirt and you were like, uh, how are you? And I showed you, I said, I remember vividly, I took out the x-rays and I said, this is my reality. My dumb cat broke her leg and she broke it in half. Do you remember me showing you those yes. x-rays? Yes. And the poor girl, I come home, I come, I'm newly single really. This is years ago. I'm newly single living right down the street from the station. And I come home and her leg is all jacked up. And I'm like, and she always greeted me at the door and she's not there and she's making this horrible noise and her leg was jacked up. And I'm like, oh, Scratchy, what happened? And she said, Stretchy, I broke my leg. And um, I had, I took her all around to, to a bunch of different vets and they're like, yeah, we need $1,700. I said, well, how much for some pain medication? <laughs> because I don't have the 1700 on me right now. And so then that was at 7.05. I showed you at 7 in the morning and we did, you and I and Sandy did, I thought some of the funniest radio for the next 35 minutes um, about what we should do and how we should help Scratchy. We took phone calls and, and people called in and some people I, you know, I didn't really appreciate a couple of the <laughs> suggestions of poor Scratchy's fate, but we got f Scratchy fixed. Uh, she got a rod in her leg from a doctor up in Coopville, up in Whidbey Island. And, uh, he was listening at the time. Do I have his right? daughter was, his daughter was, he called. So the doctor calls off the air and says, my daughter says I'm supposed to talk to a Matt Johnson. <laughs> and I said, yeah, that's me. And he, I said, here, call my cell. I got to get out of the producer's booth or else I think Travis would have beat me up. <laughs> and so I, I take the phone call and he says, well, let, you know, bring the cat up. And, you know, for full disclosure, he said, all I want, do you remember this? All, all I would like is some tickets to some sporting events. And I said, excuse me? And uh, he said, yeah, I'd like to some, some tickets to some sporting events. And I thought, yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, no problem. I got together some sport, some tickets, which were just the biggest pain in the butt because here I wasn't a moocher. And I got some Sonic tickets and some Seahawk tickets and, and got the cat fixed. And I'll never forget what you said to me. We went to that next Tuesday or whatever. We went down to Taco Time. And you said to me, so I, I got a question, Stretchy. And I said, what? You know, the whole thing about you and the tickets and everything. Can, can I ask you what you learned? And I looked at you and I said, yeah, that nothing's free. Mm. And you said, wasn't that a heartache for you? When I had to go ask Dave Grosby, hey, can I get a pair of Mariner tickets? You know, I had to go. You know, I, I had to go ask people, you gave me Mariner tickets, I'm positive, and, it's some, and I had to go be a mooch, which felt horrible, 
But anyways, Scratchy was healthy, got the rod in her leg. And I remember you and I having a great conversation about like, what did you, and you didn't mean it anyway. You weren't acting like a dad. You weren't, you were just asking about my, what I learned. And I'm like, yeah, that, that was, that was a pain in the butt. And that, I hate to say not fair, but I felt taken advantage of over my emotions about my cat who I turned into a cat guy. I had her 19 years. She was the best little buddy ever. And her end was very quick. She got cancer in her jaw. And and I had this wonderful, beautiful man come to the house and do what he had to do and put her down at my place. And yeah, beautiful. And, and she was a good little friend of mine for 19 years. Wow. I was dating a girl. I remember I was on your show. I worked on your show when I was dating a girl named Yvonne. And we broke up. And I said to you, I broke up with my girlfriend. You can ask me. Anything goes now. Because her friends would listen to the show and... I would say stuff and it would get back to her and it was just a cluster. And I remember saying, no, man, you can ask me anything, take whatever you want now, because they were kind of tattletales and the whole mm -hmm. thing. I remember that. Mm -hmm. So anyway, Scratchy was sick. I was nervous about my next contract. My dad was on my mind and I kind of put it all to rest with, unfortunately, I had to put Scratchy down. I moved in with my dad and all my stress went away. And it was amazing that way. How I'm that feeling happened. bad. I'm feeling that I bad. Why didn't I just write a check? Yeah. <laughs> Seventeen hundred bucks. Well, you um, bought Tyler a truck, but you wouldn't help out my cat. I can't believe that. No, I I don't know. I I found that the was not very generous of me. The well, more I, uh, the, as I listen to this story, I wish I had done something different now. Well, they I don't I don't remember. I don't. I just thought it was an astronomical figure. Like I was ready for seven hundred dollars. And I remember seventeen fifty and I just wet my pants at three different places. <laughs> I came home with a drugged up cat and I need to get her fixed. But uh, she was she was pain free. But anyway, she was a good little kitty. And those were good memories. Well, I love you, Stretch. It's great to have you on Mitch Unfiltered, even if I had to wait one hundred and thirty one episodes. And <laughs> I'm thinking I'm thinking that you'll come back again on a more regular basis until you get the next job and the next boss tells you don't go on with him. So if you're willing... Well, I, I pumped the brakes there. I, I pumped the brakes. This this was a good hour or so. This should, it should suffice for another 130 episodes, shouldn't it? <laughs> No. I don't know. No. I don't know. No, you yeah. should come back on from time to time. Yeah. I even I even have a little budget for you. A couple of tacos here, a couple of <laughs> a couple of pod ties. Ah. Pud CU. Weren't you a Pud CU guy? Sure. That that soup. We just gotta go on Thursdays. I'm sure that soup is still around and Terry's still trying to do something with that hairdo of his, but yeah, no, great memories and yeah, thank you so much for having me. Seriously. The great match stretch Johnson, ladies and gentlemen, on episode. 131. Thank you, Matthew. Take care of yourself, Mitch. We'll talk soon. Next up on Mitch Unfiltered, John Waterstrat, owner, Fireside Home Solutions. John, 2021 is going to be a better year for all of us. You and I rarely talk about your outdoor units and your fire pits, and I'm loving what I'm seeing on your website at firesidehomesolutions.com. Talk about that arm of your business. Yeah, great question. Our manufacturers that create the indoor fireplace create outdoor fireplaces. So we have everything from an outdoor fireplace that's fully made to be outside, stainless steel, and also fire pits. We can take that great gathering space that we have inside and create one outside. So again, on those cool, 
cool spring and summer nights that you want to continue to spend some time with your friends, we can turn those fireplaces and keep everybody warm. What's the latest uh, on scheduling, delivery, installation timeframes on your end as we enter the new year, John? Great question, Mitch. Uh, we've been very blessed with great manufacturers. They've held steady to their uh, schedule. We're still able to install units between three to four weeks, so not too late to buy. We still have this cold January snap that we're going through in February. Just had a windstorm just the other day. So when those power outages come, you can throw that insert on and keep yourself warm in your home. And by the way, while fireplaces pay the mortgage at John Waterstrat's place, that's not the only thing you guys do at Fireside Home Solutions and do very well. Yep. Uh, we not only do fireplaces, but we do do garage doors. Garage doors has been a great business, something we've got into five to six years ago. Again, it's a very complimentary business. And when we design indoor spaces, now we can take the outdoor of your house. A garage door makes up about 30 to 40% of your home on the front view. We can change that up for you, give you a traditional look, modern look. We can install it design it and then same thing as our fireplaces we can service it for life so it's been a great business and we just were able to do my uh, golf club at linden and put all those doors in there nice what would mitch unfiltered be without great partners like fireside home solutions and john waterstrat start your search for a fireplace or garage doors at firesidehomesolutions.com unfiltered Episode 131. Hope you enjoyed Matt Stretch Johnson, a 25-year, 30-year friend of mine, co-worker of mine, funny guy. Funny guy, that Stretch Cunningham. That's how he got his nickname, by the way, from the Archie Bunker Show. I used to play flag football with him on Sundays with Fish and all the guys. Oh, and, you did? And Fish would bring out his son, the Guppy, who was probably 12 yeah. or 11. Yeah. And I'll never forget, like, we would let his son, you know, play quarterback, throw a couple passes, you know, let him have some fun. It annoyed, like, the real competitive guys, you know, yeah. that his son was out there. Yeah. I'll never forget. He, the poor kid goes back to throw a pass. Here comes six foot three stretch, hands <laughs> way up in the air. I mean, the ball hits him in, like, the elbows. He bats that little shit's pass down. <laughs> Don't tell me he started talking crap. <laughs> he probably did. Like, Dude, can you just let the kid Where throw a pass? Where was this, by the way? In Ballard. We'd play with, you know, Chris Cardell's brother, Peter, was out there, and all these rag, David Nam, are you? old interns sure, you know sure just a ragtag group of guys hey, here comes stretch boy i'm gonna teach this 12 year old a lesson it's like christ dude just let the kid throw a pass i just remembered that for some reason classic stretch and he used to be called fruit boy because he did he worked in produce yeah yeah and i remember it was, the, it was discussed on the interview yeah and, and the Vinny gave him that nickname we get yeah. back in the huddle and the guppy goes god i hate that fruit guy <laughs> I didn't even know his name. I'm the fruit guy. <laughs> anyway, uh, Stretch is great. We love Stretch. Yeah. All right. Any, any, uh, oh, quickly, Patrick Mahomes, congrats to him and his fiance. That kind of broke as I was coming over here on the way to your house. So okay. yeah, he baby. and his fiance, Brittany, are proud, happy parents of a healthy baby girl named, it's kind of a cool name, Sterling Sky Mahomes. Sterling Sky. That's kind of cool, huh? So six pounds, 11 ounces, and, uh, I think she's going to be famous with a name like Sterling Sky Mahomes, right? She'll just be famous somehow, some athlete or something. So congrats to them. I'll go. Do you want me to do Johnny Damon or do you want to do yeah, Johnny? Do Johnny I, I want to tell arrested you the, the story. For a, arrested for a DUI, blood alcohol level 0. 0.30. I guess that's more than three times the legal limit, yep. four, almost four times the legal limit. 0. 0.08 is probably the limit. Right? So yeah. While his wife was arrested in the back seat, she was battering a cop. All kinds of hell broke loose with former baseball all-star Johnny Damon. I was looking it up, and I, I was thinking to myself, this can't be his first wife, 
they because they go hard. They party hard. This feels like a new wife to me. I looked it up. It's not his first wife. I knew it. Something hit oh, me. Oh, it's not the wife that was in the reality show. No, it is the one's in the reality oh, show, but he is. was married before. Oh, okay. Like, what, okay. What, what married couples going out killing? Like, every, so there's a reality show called Below Deck. Have you ever heard of it? No. So you can rent, um, you rent a yacht for a week or three nights or whatever you can afford. Yeah. But it, it's white glove service, like 24 hour. And they follow around the, the crew on the boat. Okay. And so you kind of, and so Johnny Damon and his wife have rented the boat on the show a couple times. Okay. Oh boy, is she difficult? Holy <laughs> crap! My wife said the same thing when she saw the article. She's like, "That makes sense." What about him? He's, he seems like a mild-mannered guy from his playing days. Yeah, he's not as difficult as her. She was just a nightmare. You can always tell, like, like new money and old money, because old money's very polite and courteous and everything's great. This new money, boy, they're going to act like they are the Rockefellers, and God. you're going to wait on me hand and foot, and I'm going to be yeah. picky about the food. And the, so when I, when I read this, it, it didn't really surprise me, because she seems difficult. Hotshot, you're not allowed to do this story, so I will... Oh, okay. Gotcha. Oh, by the way, Johnny Damon, Florida guy. You brought it up. He's a Florida man, <laughs> born and raised. But, and, she, but she's not. I don't know if okay. she is or no, not. No, but by that description, she's not. <laughs> born and raised and arrested in Florida. Classic. Well, maybe I should do this one first. Former Tampa Bay and San Diego Charger, Vincent Jackson. We talked about him. Yes. On 130P, passed away uh, in Tampa, in the Tampa area last week. Remember, he was 38 years old and yeah. a, uh, a former Pro Bowl wide receiver, both for the Chargers and the Bucks. More information, disturbing. Turns out the hotel staff went into his, his room, his hotel room, on consecutive days to find him slouched on the couch. They thought he was sleeping oh. until two days later they w- walked in and they realized he's in the same identical position and he had passed away. You and I talked about CTE and wondering whether – concussions and brain damage had something to do with this it sure feels that way well his family has donated his brain to cte research and that whole thing we're gonna have to do a segment on that at some point on on unfiltered get a brain surgeon or something but i gotta tell you this it's just it's really scary what's happening to some of these former nfl players yeah Very we've, scary. we've talked about it and i know i don't want to be the one to shit on the sport of football which i've loved my entire life but i i definitely look at big hits differently than i used to i used to love him as a kid knock his head out you know yeah. but now i see it and i'm like good god because we've seen some of the ramifications of course, after all these years of suicides and, and right right and yeah poor behavior and can't remember who the player was it might have been alzheimer's and the whole thing junior say i think he yep. shot himself in the chest purposely so they could look at his head because he couldn't figure out why he was feeling this way i mean it's just like <sighs> the most horrific thing you'd ever want to hear so yeah. Yeah. so yeah anyway yeah i hope they learned something from this all right uh we always talk about police you know there's a lot of police videos please take a lot of shit these days here's a cool story that i feel like we should share it shows a, an officer in a good light if you don't mind mm-hmm. So Sergeant Wayne Costa, he's a patrol officer with the Orlando PD, it's always Florida, stopped a woman who was driving with her brake lights out. Well, he felt that the great grandmother who was driving was struggling financially. So giving her a ticket's just going to further offset everything. So he handed her a $25 gift card to advance auto parts so she can go buy new brake lights instead of giving her a ticket. So not only did he not give her a ticket, but he also gave her a $25 gift card. How did he happen to have $25 gift cards to, to I, auto It's a great question. Maybe they, just walking around with them in his wallet? <laughs> maybe, the, that, maybe officers carry them now. I mean, the, my father used to carry candy around for his grandchildren. 
in his pocket. Always had a lollipop for his grandchildren or something. This guy carries around gift certificates to an auto parts store. I guess. Maybe the police are looking <laughs> to somehow get a better image out there and take these know. and give them to people who need them. And anyway, I thought that was Good very for him. sweet because they take a lot of shit. So here Florida you go. people take a lot of shit. <laughs> True, yes. And you're not allowed to do this story, so I will. Okay. Orlando, Florida. Florida health officials say two women dressed up as elderly women and went to a vaccine distribution site in an effort to get vaccinated. Dr. Raul Pino says he's the director of the Florida Department of Health in Orange County. He said the two women showed up Wednesday at the Orange County Convention Center vaccine site. (laughs) He said they were wearing bonnets and gloves. He also said the women had already received their first doses, so it worked the first time. Oh, boy. But their their efforts to get the, the next vaccination shot did not work out. Two young women in their 20s dressed as old. <laughs> in their 20s. Elders. Yeah, 20s or 30s. I'm here for my shot there, shiny boy. I'd love to see like. You're not allowed to do that story, but I am. Oh my gosh. I, by the way, I have a friend who's like my age, our age, whatever. He, he yeah. volunteered for four hours at a hospital recently, you know, helping out with the, the line. For, and then at the end of his shift, he got the vaccination. Oh. So that's something to think about. If you want to give four hours of your time, you volunteer at certain hospitals. He said he had a clipboard and, you know, it was. Not rocket science. You could probably handle it. But at the end of a shift, he got it. Boom. There you go. And then he has to, he gets to go back. Where do I go? Where do I go for this? I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm available. I'm not the, your agent. I'm not, I don't help you with this I'm, stuff. I'm available. Look it up yourself. I'm there. really, really available. Would you do that for four hours, though? Just oh, Are you kidding me? All right. Look it up. There you go. Easy. He said it was easy. Easy money. He's got the vaccination. But he needs two. Yeah, but he gets to go back. Do another four hours? It's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> now you're talking eight hours. <laughs> That's true. Eight hours to stay alive? Is that worth it? All right, my, my nightmare happened over the weekend. And maybe I say my nightmare because I was just on two planes. But United Flight 328 on its way to Honolulu from Denver had to return to the airport after one of the engines caught on fire and don't started don't to fall apart. Don't tell me this. Do you see the video? No. There's a, the person right, right next to the engine is just filming it. It's just on fire. Just, just flaming. Like the engine, and then part of the debris fell. Can you picture like the outer ring of the of the turbine end? It's like the outer rings. Anyway, of course, huge. Just fell in someone's yard. Luckily, no one was even scratched. And they got back okay. They the, landed okay. The plane did return and landed okay on Colorado. When did this happen? Happened over the weekend. I don't know. It was wow. like either Friday. Or, uh, Denver for, to Honolulu. Imagine you're so excited to get the hell out of Dodge oh. to go to Hawaii and you see a plane. Like, the engine's on fire. Oh. Some other debris landed on like a turf football oh. field. Shocking that nobody was hurt. So there you go. You, yeah. you continue. I, I I have one last one for the okay. a, a different end to the to the show. All right. Well, Phil Spector. You didn't know, really know who that was when we talked about. Yeah, he passed we away. About, yeah, we talked yeah, about. He's about responsible. Him. Music, music guy. Yeah, some of yeah. the biggest hits in the history of music. Well, his estate filed legal docs listing some of his personal assets his his daughter's starting to auction off some stuff because she's in charge of the estate but some pretty pretty cool stuff in there you might want to keep an eye on like there's gifts from elvis there's gifts from john lennon so you might yeah i know some pretty cool stuff that he just you know jewelry watches rings diamond cufflinks given so you might want to keep an eye if you're interested in any of that stuff so the first clear images from nasa's perseverance i can almost say it mars rover are in do you follow this does this Mm. do anything for you Landing on Mars, a little bit. Well, little some bit. people are really into it. Not me. I don't. I don't think I'm I really say into that it. I'm really into it. But I'm I'm modestly interested or moderately interested. Yeah, the pics came in uh, one Earth day after the Mars rover stuck the landing on Thursday. A 293 million mile journey. That's a hell of a road <laughs> trip. I mean, 293 million miles. Oh. So it took off back in July. So hopefully the trip is worth it. We'll see what they get from it. I've I've always been a skeptic. Like. 
Well, and isn't there a pandemic and kind of a recession? Is that the good best use? Spend our attention and money elsewhere, right? What if the cure to cancer is sitting on Mars in the soil and we have no idea? It's like, I guess you never know what could come of it. So anyway, I hope the trip is worth it. Your buddy Richard Sherman said back in December that it might take a miracle for him to return to the Niners for 2021. It doesn't look like the miracle is going to happen. And it was, quote, made pretty clear the team and the player would be going separate ways. You want him back here? 33-year-old, I mean, the guy can't stay healthy now. I feel sorry for, you know, he's a lot of wear and tear on that frame of his. It so was I, a pretty bitter divorce between Richard Sherman and the Seahawks. Yeah. But he's Richard Sherman. I mean, we would all love him if he came back, right? Hey, he's back. Our buddy's what if he back. Get, I, I don't think he's going to take a, a real inexpensive deal. Because if he was going to take a real inexpensive deal, he'd do that in San Francisco. Right? Yeah. He wants more money than maybe people think he's worth at his age and durability, right? Yeah, 33. 33, though. Our little Richard Sherman's all grown He's up. All grown up. Yeah, I can't believe it. Uh, John Travolta put his New England house on the market for $5 million. Pretty reasonable, right? Yeah. Have you seen this thing? I have. 20 bedrooms I have. and seven and a half bathrooms. Yeah. It's a three-story house that all 14 guest rooms are on the second floor where they have to kind of slum it by sharing four bathrooms. <laughs> God. 14 <laughs> guest rooms? Who the hell's cleaning that thing? Uh, so, yeah, the third the third floor of the place is for the kids. It's been converted into fantasy land, a library, a diner. It's this amazing house. It's kind of sad. He bought it in 1991, the year that him and Kelly Preston were married. And now he's got to get rid so of it. Sad. Yeah, really sad. 10,000 really square foot house if really anybody sad. wants it. Bad year for them. Your buddy, terrible. yeah. Your buddy Floyd Mayweather held his 44th birthday. He's 44 years old. Floyd he Mayweather. probably throws a hell of a party. Uh, it was a hell of a party. <laughs> was yeah. it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> he pulled up in like a $2 million Bugatti oh car. God. Yeah, there, there was COVID protocol in place, I'll have oh you know. God. <laughs> Sniff. <laughs> People were screened at the door, temperature checks and emphasis on social distancing. But when you look at the pictures, uh, right, didn't look too socially distanced. But um, and he did say that the fight with Logan Paul will happen, just ironing out some details. Okay. And finally, the NHL. You see that NHL's Lake Tahoe game? What a disaster that that was! It looked like it was going to be the most spectacular thing. I saw Ever. the I saw it set up on on a golf course in Lake Tahoe with the lake in the background. It looked spectacular, but it's not good when the when the ice starts to melt in the middle of the game, right? It was like warmer weather than expected. They had to stop the game for like eight hours. Turns out right? you want to keep the ice hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way it works. In hockey, we're Guys were slipping all over the place, tripping all over the place. It was sunny. The water's behind them. It was gorgeous. Perfect. Wasn't it? Except. The nine-hour delay. <laughs> How about that? You play a period. You're warmed up. And you got to go sit on your ass for nine hours. Well, they, uh, uh, they eventually. They, they finish? They did eventually finish it. The okay. Avalanche won three to two. Yeah. Um, after a nine, about almost nine hour delay. Wow. So yeah. Anyway, it, it looked great though. Well, Hotshot, you would typically do your goofy story here. Yeah. And I know people like that. A lot of people don't. Don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some people do. I do. With your permission, I'd like to end the show a little differently this time around. Please. It might be a little bit weird. It might be a little bit out of place, but it's in my heart. So I hope, hopefully, you and everybody else can can humor me on this. In July of 2019, I received an email from a guy named Chris Larson in Renton, who had been and has been a listener of mine, going back to the KJR days, literally since he was a kid, I think maybe middle school, grade school potentially. So he's been listening to me all his life. And he was writing me to thank us, you and me, for the podcast, which he said was helping him get through a scary patch in their life. Okay. We get this from time to time, and it really makes me feel happy that we can do this. This nonsense can bring some peace to people. 
the scary patch in their life was his young wife named Lindsay, who was his high school sweetheart, had been diagnosed with colon cancer, stage four colon cancer. Chris directed me to the, the Caring Bridge website where I could read her story mm-hmm. in her words. A young girl in her 30s, school teacher, two children of her own, ages two and a half and four months old. And she was writing about her experience. And I wanted to share with you a little bit of it. On July 27th, 2019, these were her words. The nurse came in saying that they had my scan results. Let me guess, I said, I have a bunch of poop in there. I said to her, she responded with a, well, yes. Then she paused. I can't emphasize, Lindsay writes, this enough. One world-altering surprise of a jaw-dropping shock later, the CAT scan of my abdomen revealed a three-centimeter cancerous blockage in my colon that was preventing digestive and excretion functionality and was causing my organs to swell up like a nightmare menagerie of balloon animals, wrote Lindsay. Oh, and my liver appeared marbled with cancer like a nice Wagyu strip loin, she wrote. We went right into successful emergency surgery to remove the blockage, along with a handful of complicit lymph nodes, my appendix, and two-thirds of my colon, which, if you think about it, literally means I have a dot, 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 wait for it, dot, 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 semicolon, (laughs) she writes. Good. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. (laughs) I'd like to be here longer than that and a hell of a lot longer than the puny three years the doctor, the doctors are giving me to live. She wrote that on July, in July of 2019. And as you probably are, I was blown away at the humility, at the courage, at the personality, at the humor, at the the ability to make others feel more comfortable right. with what's going on in her work. She was more concerned with making you and me, the reader, feel comfortable with it than her own self. I somewhat kept in touch with Chris, whom I've never met. I read every journal update from Lindsay, and they were roller coasters. The good news, the bad news, the ups and downs. This chemo worked. This chemo didn't work. I'm eligible for this surgery. I'm not eligible for this treatment. And there were 45 entries that she did. And it's not hyperbole for me to say to you that reading these things every few weeks from her, you simply could not admire someone more Hmm. with the way she wrote about her journey. The dignity, uh, the humanity, the class, with the way she updated her condition, it was like incomprehensible. I kept on putting myself, trying to put myself in her shoes and asking myself, could I ever have done that? Right. Do you feel like making jokes at that time in your life? It's unbelievable. So much so that it was just drawing us into her, even though I'd never, I'd never met her. Well, Mm -hmm. this past Monday, Scott, the 45th entry was written by Chris 18 months after the first one. Chris wrote, I held Lindsay's hand as she took her last breaths. Without any perceived pain, she decided it was time to go. Somehow I'm comforted in knowing that she chose this moment 
with our hands locked, that she no longer needed to be in pain, that she knew the kids and I would be okay, and that we would have unconditional love and support from family and friends to help us navigate this emotional time. Chris wrote, it was the shitty perfect ending to the most beautiful life and person imaginable. So you ask why I bring it up. It was Monday that she died, this past Monday. And I have to tell you, I haven't even gone a few hours in any day since without profound sadness for this incredible woman I never even had the blessing of meeting. Right. I wanted to be true to the title of this show and be unfiltered. And I don't know that this will help anybody, but maybe it'll just help me to say, I'd like to end this show by remembering Lindsay and being both heartbroken for and envious of those two children. Heartbroken that they won't ever get a chance to navigate the world with their young mom but envious of them because I got a feeling that each will inherit from her a dignity and humanity that so few people I've ever met have. I send love and strength to not only the Larson family at the end of the show, the Larson family of Renton, but to all of our listeners who carry on day after day with unfillable holes left by departed loved ones. That's all I wanted to say to finish up episode 131.